The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, Cincinnati comes to Greenville and takes care of the Pirates tonight. 35-13, to the final score. Cincinnati, number four in the college football playoff rankings, completes their second straight perfect regular season. They now go on to the American Championship to face the Houston Cougars. For East Carolina, they end the regular season at 7-5, and five, and it's time for a bowl game for the Pirates. We will recap the game. We will recap the year. We will talk bowl game. And Billy Weaver alongside to do it all. That's right. Now everybody uh, in Pirate Nation has to become a Bearcat fan. Um, yep. I think everybody in the American Athletic Conference will have to be a Bearcat fan except for Houston fans. Like Sam Washington said, tell them to bring me my money. Bring me my money. All right, Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Chandler Honeycutt alongside as well. 317-1250. We're back with the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. As uh, Chandler said, as the clock was ticking down, wait, is this what it feels like to lose? <laughs> it had been a while since we lost the it game. It has Billy been, has been. Uh, doesn't feel great, but now that we're at the end of this thing, looking back on it 7-5, and five, I'll be honest, I had East Carolina, people asked me before the season, I would say five wins five and seven so exceeded my expectations every game as uh drew just pointed out on twitter responding to that said i watched every game till the end it's been a while since i could say that Let's that's go true bowling. yeah yeah so we've uh fun year of football thank you uh pirates thank you mike houston and the team for giving us something to enjoy on our fall weekends yeah i hadn't year. thought about that that uh there hadn't been any blowouts this year uh, East Carolina, you know, where you just thought in the second half, you know what, I'm going to leave. I'm the only ones that done. really got away were App State, App State week at one, the beginning, yeah. and they kind of fought to the end there. And then the one we blew out, Temple. Right, right. And other than that, like, every game has kind of been, you know, within check there in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and what was so disappointing about tonight is that, you know, in the fourth quarter, you're down 21-6. You got the ball first and goal from the five-yard line. You can't make anything happen. You try to kick a field goal, gets blocked, taken back the other way, and that's pretty much the nail in the coffin so i mean there you know pirates still fought back a little bit at the end but that that was that play right there or that series of plays really hurt the pirates all right uh 317 thanks to the tiebreakers for the awesome post game meal i wolfed down a barnyard burger with some tater tots we've mm. with the salad uh salad the grilled chicken salad shirley had some wings as did chan man so we're all good to go tiebreaker is going to be rocking and rolling tonight and on saturday and sunday i keep forgetting that today's friday yes uh, saturday and sunday be rocking with football so check it out tiebreakers and bell's fork all right bryce kenny cav hang on let's start with cameron in greenville hey cameron Hey, Clip. What's up, man? Um, you know, any any reasonable Pirate fan uh, would have expected us to most likely lose this game tonight. So I'm not mad at the fact we lost. I mean, I'm just a little bit disappointed in our offensive play tonight. Um, and 
you know, it is what it is. Cincinnati is an amazing team. Um, I can say in all my years coming to East Carolina football games, I don't know if I've ever seen – Billy, Cliff, y'all been a bunch of games. Y'all older than me. I don't know if I've ever seen a defense like Cincinnati where every single player on that team at each position was bigger than everyone on our team. I mean, their linebackers were huge. Their cornerbacks were huge. They, that was probably the best defensive team I've ever seen play in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. I don't know about your thoughts, but, hey, our defense played, I won't say just as well, but we shut them down for pretty much every quarter except for the second quarter. I mean, and we have a bunch of freshmen and sophomores in our defense, so I'm extremely proud of our defense. Let's lock Blake Carroll in with extension. Do not let him leave. Offensive-wise, you know, main problem, main issue for next year, we've got to tap in the transport portal and get an off- a couple offensive linemen because these guys, nothing against them. They played well considering their lack of depth, but we've got to have a better offensive line if we're going to try to succeed and compete um, for maybe eight or nine-win season next year. That's another thing. But, hey, guys, successful season. I'm not really mad about anything. I'm not going to complain about anything. Uh, I just a little bit lackadaisical on offense, but that's because their defense, like I said, I've never seen a defense that that much bigger than, than than us before a team we played. They're huge, and they're amazing. There's a reason they're number four team in the country. Um, but like I said, great season, 7-5 uh, seven and, f- seven and five now. Uh, let's get ready for the bowl game. Uh, I hope maybe it's Myrtle Beach or Military Bowl. There'll be a big pirate crowd there. And let's get eight win, guys. Um, it, it's a successful season. Pirate football is back. Let's pre- let's prepare. Let's prepare for the bowl game and let's get it going into next season, guys. Um, as always, go Pirates! Appreciate all y'all done this regular season. And East Carolina football program is back. Buy season tickets for next year. Buy tickets to the bowl game because uh, this football team is going to be good for the next few years to come, especially on the defensive side of the ball. As always, go Pirates, boys! All right, thank you, Cameron in Greenville. Uh, we talked about it at the end of uh, the game there, Billy. Watching it, uh, Cincinnati was playing some bully ball. I mean, yeah. they were bullying our O line. And at times, uh, ECU did a good job against the run. They were late in the game. They were finally able to run the football some. But they were definitely bigger. We're watching NC State right now. When Cameron was talking about that, the only thing I could think of, I remember being at the game in Charlotte where they broke out the highlighter yellow uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. And NC State's defense had Mario Williams, Manny Lawson, and John McCargo, three NFL. Yeah, probably have more NFL guys. And their D line compared to our O line looked like a different level of football. I remember, yeah, I remember taking a picture down on the line of scrimmage down on the field of that, and those guys were just huge. They were big, and and I agree with Cameron. You know, Cincinnati is big. They're fast. They're physical. Um, East Carolina's defense played pretty well tonight, and like Cameron said, that second quarter just kind of got away from them. And it was the very first or second play, if I remember correctly, of the second quarter, uh, and it was on third and four, and Desmond Ritter threw an absolute bullet over the middle on a third down play and then right after that he just started to get into a rhythm he really did his uh his receivers were getting open and it that just kind of snowballed right there and then second half the ECU defense uh tightened up a little bit more so the defense overall didn't play that that bad tonight and we saw the bend but don't break again they went down the field missed the field goal they'd get down the field throw a pick so East Carolina was able to uh to get off the field and I think until that late Ayler's interception wasn't the turnover battle like three it was three to, it, to that point yeah it was it ended up being three two uh is the turnover battle so i think it was three to one okay, at I that must point have forgot the other one yeah so it ended up being three uh east carolina won the turnover battle three to two all right let's go to cav in jacksonville three one seven twelve fifty hello cav what's up fellas look i had bought in for the game 
and through the first quarter. I thought I was going to have to call the Greenville PD and say that, you know, hey, look, Troy D's got a new Scandinavian swing set in his front yard. You know, and Ellerby's got the new antenna out back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Clip caught that one. I don't, Clip, I don't you don't get, get the, the reference? Haven't you seen the commercial about the goalpost? The stealing of the goalposts uh, and the one's got a swing set. It, it, swing set. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Kev. Kev, I just had to uh, clue in uh, yeah, Clip. He looked, he looked clueless on that one. But, you know, bad play calling again all night long. Uh, five minutes to go, and we throw a one yard pass to the tight end. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. We're going to. Fire the offensive coordinator this year. Our defensive coordinator is going to get hired away. We're going to be with a head coach, and he's going to have to start over. That's all I got to say. All right. All right. Bold, bold prediction there. Uh, I don't think the offensive coordinator is going to get fired after going 7-5 and five in the regular season and going to a bowl game, and especially whatever happens in the bowl game, you finish with 8 I, I just don't think there's any justification for anybody getting fired after that. Now, whether or not somebody will hire away Blake Harrell, that's to be seen. Uh, Blake Harrell's done great things with this ECU defense, obviously. Uh, like one of the callers, I think it was Cameron, the first caller, said hire him, you know, sign him to an extension. Um, I agree. Blake Harrell and that defense has really been kind of the key to East Carolina's seven victories this season. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to get fired after after going seven and five when this team, like you know, Clip said, we're thinking, if I, if I remember correctly, wasn't the over-under on wins this year five and a half? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you've, you've locked down on winning season. You're going to a bowl game. I know people are frustrated, and, you know, some of the play calling tonight uh, was a little vanilla, but then again, you know, Cincinnati had a lot to do with that, with the play calling. East Carolina just couldn't get anything going in the running game, 54 yards total. There were some big boys on that uh, that line. One of the things I was a little disappointed in was the, the kicking game as far as the blocked punt, the blocked kick, um, and still time management. Just yep. just baffles me. At the end of the first half, the time management just I, I was scratching. <laughs> they were head. just like limping to the locker room. I just don't I was, understand. Well, they, the they were scared to do something, I, I think. They yeah. were scared well, to drop it. That, that's what they were doing though. They were playing scared. But you know what? Why? There was no reason to play scared. That's what they were doing. I don't understand. I understand what they were doing. But in my mind, were, I'm thinking if somebody were to tell me, hey, you know, we're a little bit nerd why? You have nothing to lose. You're playing with house money. Go out there and go full force i don't i don't see playing scared in that doesn't make any sense to me yeah well that was uh the case all right let's go to kenny in blunt's creek hello kenny hey clip billy uh you're absolutely correct we had house money and we kept it in our wallet the whole night uh i hate to be uh negative a little bit but the play calling was uh very vanilla we played scared well we, we play called scared uh kicking game really let us down that's all I'm going to say about the bad parts of this game. Uh, great season. If you'd have told any of us at the beginning of the season we'd have been 7-5 and five, going to a bowl game, we'd have took it. We got it. So uh, I'm very proud of this team, uh, proud of the, the, the way they fought all year. Could we have played better tonight? Absolutely. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, kudos to Cincinnati. Go win some football games, Cincinnati, and uh, bring us some money to the uh, conference. Kind of, kind of a little sad. Last tailgate of the year, didn't lose one this year at the uh, Pirate Tailgate Zone. So uh, let's uh, 
keep our heads up, get good practices in, get some guys healthy, and uh, let's go to a ball game and uh, give them a hell of a game. Uh, you guys do a great job. Thank you. And we'll be calling in after the bowl game. All right, Kenny. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for tuning in and calling in all year long. Uh, I'm excited. We got some practices to cover, some bowl game chatter to have. Usually, uh, the past six, seven years, we just shut her down and move on to other things. And now we get to preview another game and talk about practice. And that's a good thing. We one of the big things about uh, going to a bowl game, and every head coach will tell you this: they get what 15 extra practices. It's like an extra spring practice. It gets young guys um, the opportunity to get more practices in. And you know, you got to remember I mean, was, this was senior night, and we were honoring seniors. But this is a relatively young football team, and the more practices they get, the more experience they get, the better. Yeah, and the two likely most likely bowls it appears are December 20th and december 27th and and one's military one's myrtle beach i believe so uh and you know you get that's a long time from now that's a lot of time to practice get some young guys some work so uh that's a good thing for this uh pirate football team all right let's go to bryce in la next hey bryce hey fellas leading with a uh uh a positive i believe that keith mitchell is the american athletic conference russian champion is he not yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, because I I, I think um, yeah the close I know Jerome Ford was at nine ninety six so he wasn't even at a thousand before this game, and I don't think he had that many yards rushing in this game. So yeah, it looks like Keaton Mitchell's your uh, rushing title holder for the AAC. Yep, and uh, you know we get, we can t- I mean when's the last time we had somebody really legitimately like that? You know it's been a while. Uh, also, I believe it was our best attendance in five years. Something like that. I believe I saw our, our wonderful stat guy on Twitter say that. <laughs> Uh, it was definitely the best uh, the post-Thanksgiving post yeah I was yeah. going to say that that I hadn't seen a post-Thanksgiving game that well attended um, well since I've been at East Carolina I don't think I don't I don't ever remember a game after Thanksgiving this this well attended well I, I say for the season so that's nice to, you know, to see that stuff so I mean you know, uh, the going to a bowl game is pretty amazing. I believe that uh, – I know it's going to be a conversation all night. I believe that Holton did not do the senior walk or the senior talk. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that, that, that says a lot. And, uh, you know, I tell you what, uh, I, I talked to a lot of my friends. Um, everybody wants Myrtle Beach. Uh, so I hope that they, they if, if they've offered, we take it. Uh, that's got some nice in-between traveling. Um, even me from LA, it's a very, very simple flight for me to get in there. Um, and a bunch of my friends, you know, they all want to meet up there. But I think the uh, the next thing, you know, we need to do is, I mean, I know uh, I go and I have the dream of the indoor practice facility, but we need to start a fundraiser to keep uh, Blake Harrell in town. And I hope that they're not too quiet about it and we make sure he knows that he is loved and will be well paid, as the rest of the staff should be. Uh, I enjoyed this season. I can't, I'm glad I still got to enjoy it with you. Weave, I'm glad I got to know you a little bit. Looking forward to have a couple beers with you, hopefully, at this bowl game, buddy. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, I, I think Myrtle Beach would be a great destination for the bowl game. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know, I know a lot of Pirate fans made it up to Annapolis for the Navy game and going back there for the Military Bowl. I don't know. It just seems like it would be a better fit for East Carolina for Myrtle Beach. I think either one of those games, though, will be very well attended by uh, the Pirate faithful. All right, Bryce. Thank you, man. You too. Bye. There's Bryce in L.A. 317-1250. Monica, Rowdy, David, hang on. We have one open line. You can jump in now. We got a lot more of your calls to get to and a lot more conversation to have. We'll be back on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, 317-1250. It is the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, our regular season finale, but not our season finale. We got one more to go after a Pirate Bowl game. Clip Rock, Billy Weaver here with you. NC State, by the way, an early 7-0 lead over North Carolina in the first quarter with State driving. A quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard uh, presented by the Buck. Donna, Monica, Rowdy, hang on. We will start this segment with David in Farmville. Hello, David. Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. I uh, appreciate uh, what you guys do uh, giving us uh, this platform. Hey, um, you know what? If, if, if that's number four in the nation, we gave up one offensive touchdown in the second half. A um, couple plays here, a couple plays there, definitely in the ball game. Um, but I will tell you this, um, when, when you only have to rush three and you're getting pressure all night, um, and their secondary is locked down, uh, it's really hard to do, to do a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I think Fickle, uh, Fickle's really building them to look a lot like Ohio State. Um, I guess, you know, being the offensive coordinator there kind of gives them an idea of what that model looks like. Um, they're, they're good. They're big. They're fast. Um, they don't make a lot of bad plays. Um, they make plays, uh, you know, I really hoping that, uh, the team could have won tonight, but, um, they're there. They're really, really close. Uh, a couple of things they need to do, uh, offensively the play calling. I'm going to agree with everybody else. Um, you got the house money, you got nothing to lose. You, you got to get creative. I didn't see very, very much creativity tonight trying to just put pressure on Cincinnati. Um, uh, defense played great. Uh, love the love the stands uh, deep in the, the territory. Uh, just just got to find a way to to put a couple more pieces together. Um, I w- really would have liked to have seen the offense throw the ball more, particularly with Caleb Webb in attendance. Um, you know, I don't know what he thinks about it or or, or what the quarterback situation is going to be like next year. Um, whether it's going to be Ailers or somebody else, but uh, all in all, hey, we're seven and five. Go win the bowl game um, to be the plan. Win the bowl game and uh, and keep moving forward. Uh, Enjoy it, guys. Uh, Look forward to hearing your comments. All right, thank you, David. Boy, eight and five sounds a lot better than seven and six. Oh yeah, that that bowl game. uh, You know, I I usually poo-poo bowl games, but I think this one is important to go out, get a win, give yourself uh, something to be happy about heading into next season. Well, when you haven't been to a bowl game since 2014, it's obviously going to be a big one. We said this at the beginning of the season. It didn't matter what bowl game. And, you know, I even said this. It didn't matter if it was the toilet bowl. You just want to go to a bowl game. You just want to give these guys a reward, especially these four and five year seniors uh, that are on this football team that have never experienced a winning season, let alone go into a bowl game and experience in kind of that you know, the preparation leading up to it, the fun of traveling to a bowl game, of being in a city, uh, you know, for four, five, six days or whatever it is and have the city kind of gush over you and stuff. That's what you play for. Uh, so that's that's the big reward at the end of the season. Great for guys like Bruce Bivens, Aaron Ramsour, Warren Sabe. How about Sabe oh, yeah. today? Two interceptions Absolutely. in yeah. his final game at Dowdy yeah. Fifth. That was awesome. All right, let's go next to Rowdy in Winterville. Hello, Rowdy. Hey, Clip. Billy? Hey. How are you? Wish we could have won today. Uh, we came out strong. Uh, just kind of let it get away there in the second quarter. Um, but, hey, we got a seven-win regular season, and we have a chance for eight wins, which we have not had in a while. 
So um, I, we're on we're on track to getting the program back where it's supposed to be, and um, all these naysayers who uh, think Mike Houston's not the guy can go fly his kite and um, uh, rooting for a bull win. Go Pirates! All right, go fly a kite. There is Rowdy in Winterville. Three one seven twelve fifty. We go next to Monica in Greenville. Hello, Monica. Hey guys, uh, disappointing game tonight. I think we all were excited to maybe showcase our talent here and win it big. Not win it big, but win big against a Cincinnati team. So definitely disappointing game. Um, you know, when you have only two hundred eighty-two yards all day long and only contained a fifty-four rush yards, it's a huge disappointment. I think that, Billy, I do want to challenge what you're saying about Donnie Kirkpatrick. And I just want us to think about how we have gone next level with Blake Harrell. Blake Harrell is a next-level defensive coordinator. He's done amazing things. There were three turnovers tonight that his defense calls, and our offense couldn't do anything with it. They just stalled all night long. I think when you have a caliber of a coach like Blake Harrell, you can't keep a caliber coach like Donnie Kirkpatrick around. It just puts a great coach like Blake Harrell, um, it just puts him in a bad spot. I think if you're, if you're Mike Houston, you have to take a hard look and say, look, am I constantly going to let Blake Harrell sit around while a coach like Donnie Kirkpatrick is not getting it done for his defense? I think it's time to uh, elevate what we expect. And, and also the, the logic of, well, if you go to a bowl game, you can't really fire them. Well, let's face it, six and six teams go to bowl games. So you don't keep offensive coordinators just on six and six. I get it. We're seven and five. But if we want to keep a coach like uh, like Blake Harrell here, you got to put an offensive coordinator that's going to pay it forward to the Blake Harrells of the world. So that's all I'm saying. Yes, we're seven and five. Yes, we're going to a bowl. But six and six teams go to bowls. I think it's time to get rid of mediocrity. Um, we, we don't have mediocrity on the defensive side of the ball. Let's get rid of the mediocrity on the offensive side of the ball, and let's elevate to uh, to, to to where we all want to be come next season. And then look, there's lots of coaches out there. Why wouldn't we? Why shouldn't we? I'm not satisfied with the play calling tonight. Defensive um, side of the ball put us in position all night long, and mediocrity made us look like I don't know vanilla out there. So I'm still happy. We're going to a bowl game. Um, thanks to the seniors, fifth quarter, still my favorite quarter all night long. Uh, go Pirates. All right, Monica. Thanks, as always, right. for calling in. I, I do want to say something. If Monica's still there, I do want to ask Monica the question, is it better to have another offensive coordinator coming in and saying, we are all assuming right now that uh, Holt Naylor's is coming back for another season. Is it fair to him to have a new offensive system put in place next year with a new offensive coordinator in a year where he should probably flourish a little bit more? He's coming off a first bowl game, uh, a winning season. So, I mean, you got to factor that into the equation as well. Is it better to have a new offensive coordinator next year? And who says the play calling is going to be any better when you're having to uh, learn an entirely new system? She's gone. She's gone. I mean, to that, I would say we thought East Carolina would be leaps and bounds better offensively this year. And at times they were. At times they were, you know, bad. It was kind of up and down inconsistent. So, yeah. I mean, to that, if you if you, if you can find a, a better guy to 
to put Ehlers in better spots. Well, yeah, if you can go out and find another Lincoln Riley, absolutely. Well, <laughs> but you know, there's no guarantee. There's that's no guarantee happen. in anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know. You know what? The bottom line is, it's going to be a tough call at the end of the season for Mike Houston, no matter what. Yeah, right? it is, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how the bowl game folds out. I mean, you got you got to let the season continue to play out, and you're going to a bowl game, and you know what? These same callers could be calling in after the bowl game if East Carolina puts up 65 points against whoever. Say they go to the military bowl and beat a good ACC team and put up a ton of points, and the play calling's beautiful and all that stuff, and everybody's saying, "Yeah, keep Donnie around. He he did a great job." So I think you got to let the season play out, but either way, it's going to be a very tough decision at the end of the season. And we know. Mike Houston will uh, will look at everything and, and think it over because he's Absolutely. already made a change at defensive coordinator in his time here yeah. at ECU. So, all right, let's go next to Donna in Mississippi. Hello, Donna. Um, hi, this is actually Donna from Davidson. My uh, brother Gary from Gastonia was not able to call, and neither was Larry from Lagrange. They usually call in whenever we lose games because we love to talk poorly about our Pirates. I just wanted to go ahead and do my part. All right. Okay, we're listening. <laughs> I'm kidding. I had to do it. I'm sorry, it was probably a bad joke. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going with it. That is funny. I wonder if we will hear from those guys since ECU lost tonight. Though. Well, we we haven't heard from them in what four weeks. Yeah, it's been a long time. So. Yeah, but we also haven't lost. I don't think in a while either. So you, it, we never know. We might hear from the the man of many names <laughs> i'm proud of i'm proud of the pirates tonight i really didn't have a whole lot to say mostly because I'm, I'm just numb not from the gameplay but from the the weather alone because it, it's very cold out there but i'm glad to see how many people turned out and i appreciate you guys having the show as always so i hope y'all had a good thanksgiving and i'll don't keep listening all right thank you donna that was uh yeah, I didn't know uh, exactly where that was heading, but that's funny. Good reference. Yeah, appreciate it. It's good stuff. All right, uh, Kyle, Tom, Juice, hang on. We will take a timeout, come back, and have more of your calls on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We're back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, uh, one game that is going on right now, NC State is leading North Carolina 14 to nothing. Finals from earlier, Coastal Carolina survives South Alabama 27-21 in overtime. Iowa State beat up on TCU 48-14. Number 19, Utah defeated Colorado 28-13. 25th ranked Arkansas uh, defeated Missouri 34-17. Number 16, Iowa rallied to beat Nebraska 28-21. UCF uh, got the win over South Florida 17-13. And Texas survived Kansas State 22-17. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in Eastern North Carolina. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All righty. Back with you on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Da Regular buck. season finale. Those scores presented by Dubuck. 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 All right. Thank you, uh, gentlemen. 
Where, uh, where are you watching that Hornets game, man? Where am I watching it? Like on what uh, website or whatever? Valley, Valley Sports. Valley Sports. Valley Sports. Valley. And I'm using my uh, my Suddenlink info. Valley, 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 Valley. I'll sell it to you for five dollars. Now I got it on there the TV go. screen. Mm-hmm. How about five hundred? I'll take it. <laughs> Good negotiating, Chandler. <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep it rolling. Head out to the Fixed NC Live Line. Uh, Blake, Kyle, Tom, hang on. Let's go to Juice in Raleigh. Hello, Juice. Juice, or guys, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, not much, man. More so calling just to give a couple of rants. Some observations from today. Um, I think we have some delusional fans who don't understand what we have right now, coaching-wise. Um, everybody wants to get rid of DK. Last week we were all singing his praises, and this week we want to fire him, and that's just the way that college coaching goes, I guess. Um, he was the... Office coordinator for Houston whenever he was at JMU, whenever they won the national championship there. Um, he's going to have his quarterback back next year. You know, I, I, I think that if people are delusional if they think that they can go get somebody who's going to operate and function better right now than DK. Um, one other rant that I want to make is the fact that our game day atmosphere, so I, I, can't, I went to ECU back in 2008, and I'm pretty sure we're still using the same speaker system. The same, the same speaker system that we used before the renovation. Our speaker system is awful. Our game day atmosphere is awful. We're down 21 to 3, and our fans are the loudest that they are all night because they're singing Bon Jovi and living on a prayer. I'm sorry. I'm just sick and tired of that crap. All right. I know winning fixes a lot as far as game day atmosphere goes, but, you know, the dancing Bojangles chicken, the Cotton Eye Joe or whatever, every single weekend and week out, it's, it's despicable to me. It's, it's embarrassing to me. We're going against the number four team in the country, and we got fans calling in saying, well, you know, we, I, I, everybody said we probably should have lost. It is what it is. That's bull crap. If you want to be a winning program, put your money where your mouth is, and don't say, oh, well, it is what it is, because we put, we played against the number four team in the country, and, and to be honest with you, our defense played good enough for us to win tonight. Yeah, the, the, the ball didn't roll our way offensively, but, you know, we played against the number four team in the country, and that's a damn good defense that we played against tonight. Um, and I just, I'm very passionate about my Pirates, and it just pisses me off whenever I go to games, and it's just a, a disappointment as far as the atmosphere, what I expect for Pirate Nation to be. I know this is the day after Thanksgiving. I know the, 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 the students aren't there, but, you know, this was a game in which Pirate Nation should have shown up and shown their grit, and I didn't see it tonight. I saw a bunch of people leave at halftime. I, I didn't – yeah, we had a chance there at the end and, you know, whatever happened in the game. But I'm I'm pretty pissed at ECU fans right now just because I feel like we we have a little bit of delusion uh, within our fan base. Um, you know, where there was maybe – they said it was 38,000. It was, it was pretty close to that. And, you know, it didn't feel like that. I, I, I don't I don't remember the last time there was 50,000 people in them stands besides maybe – whenever we played NC State in 2016 or whatever that was. Um, just really upset tonight, obviously. Wanted to win that game, and I felt like we played well enough to win that game defensively. Um, wish a couple of things would have happened and gone our way and, and offensively, but I'll let you guys take it. All right, Juice. Hey, that's what the show's for, just calling in and ranting, and he got it out. Hey, I, you know, I do have to agree with the, the sound system tonight. I did notice that as well. It seemed a little low. Uh, Chandler, do you remember a few games back? That I, it may have been the last home game we were talking about, and, and I think, Clip, you had said something about it too, that we were hearing Morgan Ehlers 
on yeah. the uh, PA system here at the radio station yeah. this yeah. far away. And that was, I mean, the, the sound system sounded great. Tonight, I, I noticed the off. same, or this afternoon, whatever you want to call it. I noticed. It sounded a little low, too. So I, I agree with that part of it. I do agree, too, that I noticed at halftime, a lot of people left. It was 21-3 at halftime. That game was not over at by any means. And like I said before, you got first and goal from the five-yard line down 21-3. to You can make it 21-13. That's a one-score game. That's a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie in that game. And you're early in the fourth quarter. That game was could have been competitive. And that's all we wanted is something close in the fourth quarter where you thought you had a chance to win that game. And the Pirates had that chance. Unfortunately, that block kick kind of turned the whole tide of that, that fourth quarter. All right. Dude said he was disgusted from uh, yeah. living on a prayer, Cotton-Eyed Joe, and the chicken dance. So uh, He said something about the student section, and the student section definitely wasn't the capacity that they it wasn't, had But earlier. it wasn't terrible. But, it wasn't terrible. Billy, I'm going to tell you something. It, they exceeded my expectations with attendance. I thought the students, for a day or oh, for yeah. a game after yeah. Thanksgiving, um, I thought the student attendance was pretty good. I thought it was, too. It wasn't like we had seen earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Obvi- and for absolutely. obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. you know, I get it. You know, you're away from your, especially if you're a freshman or sophomore in college or whatever, you're away from your family and they're out of state or you're in Greensboro or wherever and you want to f- spend Thanksgiving with your family and travel. I get it 100%. Absolutely. So I don't, have, I don't have a problem with the fans that did show up. It was a great atmosphere. It was a little lackluster at halftime when I was, I was a little surprised that at how many people left at halftime. All right, 317-1250. Quick look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Uh, game going on down the road, Weave. J.H. Rose takes a 14-7 yeah, lead. I was going to ask you about Montez that. Montez Green, uh, pass from Will Taylor, 69 yards. And the Rampants with a seven-point lead, 451 left to go in the first quarter. So there you go. There you go. All right, uh, Tom is up in Smithfield. Hey, Tom. Hey, uh, disappointed in the game. But, hey, we'll play the number four team in the country. I mean, you know, I think we should have passed the ball more instead of running it, but I don't know if that would have made a difference. Um, so, you know, we're playing the number four team in the country. They had not lost a game this year, so, you know, it's going to be tough to beat them. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat them. So, uh, you know, as far as people leaving the stands or whatever, I mean, I don't have any comment on that. I mean, that, that, that's up to each individual. I, if I was there, I probably would have stayed, but you know, we got another season to go. I think we got a good coach, and hopefully, we can uh, start the year off by beating NC State next year in Greenville. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to kicking off the season already because that's going to be a fun one to get folks ready for East Carolina, NC State in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium to kick off the 2022 season. All right, thank you, Tom. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's go next to Kyle Lagrange. Hey, Kyle. Kyle, you there? Yeah. I'll- Hey, can, you, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, I had to take it off my Bluetooth apparatus. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you what. I, I got several things to say. Um, first, uh, to the caller a couple calls ago, I agree with most of what he said, but two things he got wrong. We didn't play the damn chicken dance or Cotton Eye Joe the whole game. So, uh, anyway, neither here nor there. The speaker system did suck tonight. I don't know what that's about. I don't know why one week it sounds great, one week it sounds like trash. Uh, I thought the music selection overall has been better. It felt with the game day atmosphere. But uh, anyway, um, it's been alluded to some of our fans, and not not so much callers, but some of our fans in the stands tonight. Uh, you know, you, you overhear things, you hear people talking, and you know, I, I heard several people yell, "Take home now!" 
Put Mason in. You ignorant ass. I'll stop there. That is one of the okay. That is the best secondary in the country. The best secondary in the country. Yeah, take your experienced quarterback out and put in your unproven freshman. That's what you need to do against the best secondary in the country. You moron. Uh, I heard somebody else saying we were leaving. I think it was a student. It's amazing how we consistently suck at football. Well, dude, we we were playing the number four team in the country, and we had opportunities to win the game, and we didn't take advantage of those opportunities. And I hear people talk about conservative play calling, and yeah, you can say conservative play calling, but I also think the game plan was to try to win the game with defense and make it low score. You get out there, you drop Holton back, and you have him sling the ball all over the field against that defense, you're going to get him killed. You're going to get any quarterback killed unless you have a good offensive line and we have a very thin offensive line, not thin in size, thin in depth. And that, that's one place we need to hit recruiting hard, and we still need to develop. Uh, you know, I hear people calling for Donnie Case head. Um, I love Steve Shankweiler, but it may be time for Steve to retire. With That may be where we need to make a change. Um, I, you know, guys, so many more things I want to say. I'm losing my train of thought. Um, I, I just, I'm just aggravated in general. It's only a handful of people, and I'm letting a handful of people get on my nerves. But when, when, when you're – Look, let me let me give a lot. A lot of people know this, but let me give some people does reality. In the last thirty years, we have had eleven eight win seasons. Eleven seasons with eight wins or more in the last thirty years. If we win our bowl game, that'll be number twelve in thirty years. We win our bowl game, it'll be our twelfth eight win season in thirty years. That means we've had eighteen seasons out of thirty. If we get one this year, or we hadn't won eight games or more, okay? So let 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 that sink in a little bit. We have been god awful, god awful since 2015. We are just now building this thing and getting it back to where it used to be. Where we got a seven win team this year, hopefully number eight in the bowl. People, you know, and I think the majority of the fans are. I think the majority of the fans are just disappointed we lost. I'm disappointed we lost. I think it could have been a lot closer. God knows if they didn't throw that damn holding flag. We had it first and goal from the five, and then it would have been second and goal from the three after Steve's little run. If we could have got it in there, cut it to eight in the fourth quarter, I'd have loved to have seen what would have happened. That place would have started going crazy. The defense was already flying around. Who knows what would have happened. But one loss since 2019, and it was to Georgia. It was to Georgia, the number one team in the country in the Peach Bowl last year. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. I'll say one more thing. Um, military bowl in Annapolis is a, is a close drive as against the ACC opponent. But after tonight, freezing my balls off, I'd rather go to Myrtle Beach or Orlando or Tampa, anywhere else. I, let's go to somewhere warm. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Kyle. I agree, but I don't know how much warmer Myrtle Beach is going to be in here. But, uh, yeah, I agree with a lot of that stuff. It's all about perspective, man. Sometimes you just got to take a step back, take a deep breath, put everything into perspective. This is still a team. This is a team that, you know, like Kyle said, I mean, it's it's a team that hasn't done anything since 2014. I mean, this is, it's, you know, it is what it is. You were playing the number four undefeated team in the country. So, you know, I mean, I understand people are upset. And, you know, just like I said, you had a chance to cut it within eight uh, in the fourth quarter there and could have made a ball game of it. But, you know, it is what it is. Let's move on and go to a bowl game. Trying to find out their last regular season loss. And, Who, for uh, Cincinnati? It came in 2019. 19. Uh, when they went 11 and three, and they lost uh, in the AAC championship to Memphis, so that's not regular season, but they right. lost the week before to, to Memphis, Memphis, 34 to 24. So November 29th 
uh which is you know it's almost the anniversary the, you know uh they have ran off regular season wins every game since then uh the bearcats had all right uh blake in greenville you are up next hello blake hey what's up fellas um so do you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when i called in and said that uh that pirate fans are either the ultimate pessimists or ultimate optimists mm, yes. I, you know i think that's fans period I really do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, but um, but yeah. I mean, it shows that our program has made strides. That our fans are pissed off that we couldn't beat the number four team in the nation. And I mean, I I just think that that's incredible that uh, that we've come this far. Obviously, there's still tons of things that need to to be worked out. Um, I do agree. Some of the play calling not that good, but then it, it's weird. You get some games where the play calling's amazing. Um, this game, I think that we we could have been a little bit more creative. One of the, the other, other callers had mentioned that. Um, but I'm looking forward to a bowl game. I was at the, the last one in Birmingham, uh, twenty is January 2015. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that if anyone told told a pirate fan at the beginning of the season we would be fighting for an eighth win at a bowl game they wouldn't believe it and so i, I mean hats off to the guys and, and the coaches this year um and you can't be mad as a pirate fan this year all right blake appreciate the call man Clip's getting too much into this uh, Hornets game. 317-1250. What a <laughs> weird sequence, sequence at the end of that thing as they'll go in the half with the lead. All right. Uh, Can't we get the Rose game on, on – isn't that on TV somewhere? I'll search the Rose game. I don't know, but I do have an update. Give me just a second here. What time uh, does the team get to the airport? No. Oh, we're not uh, doing that. Rose, uh, about four minutes ago, just intercepted a fake punt – and they are taking over at their own 42. All right. Uh, so they're up 14 14-7. 14-7. All right. Uh, 317-1250. We'll take a timeout. Mitchell, Joe, Haley, hang on. We'll get to your calls. We have one open line if you want to jump in now. 317-1250. We're back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. We are back with you on the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. The Fixed NC Live line is locked and loaded, so when we get rid of a caller, you can jump in then at 317-1250. Thanks to Tiebreakers for the awesome post-game meal. They're going to be rocking and rolling this weekend. Rivalry day tomorrow, Sunday NFL, and Monday night the hottest team in the NFL, the Washington football team, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Very winnable game. I'm back in, Billy. They very dragged winnable, me back in. Look, very winnable game, but you know how I feel about uh, the Washington football team on Monday nights. Usually doesn't go well. Nah, it doesn't go well. <laughs> but I, I'm back in. I, but I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> what, what, what is it? They they try they i'm, they, I'm out but they pull me, they pull me back in pull me back in pull all right in. matt mitchell joe hang on let's go to haley in richmond va hello haley hey how you guys doing good. doing good haley good so we woke up real early got into the game today really disappointed obviously you know with the outcome but really optimistic for our future however the only thing 
little little confused about is the most recent Holt Naylor's Instagram post about his last game in Dowdy Ficklin. I mean, where's where's he going? Well, he said it it could be. I mean, he's got options. He could try to go pro. He could transfer. He could do a number of things, or he could come back. And it, he didn't walk today. So, and it, it might be leaning towards him coming back, but I don't know. He hadn't made a decision. I mean, I'm not, I'm not seeing much NFL talent here. Um, you know, I could see him. Haley just uh, went through puberty <laughs> on the phone line. You know, you know daddy, daddy's up in the press box calling plays. I'm not seeing him leaving, and I, I'm certainly not seeing any bro talent here. All right. Thanks, Haley. <laughs> Anything <was> else? <laughs> well, Haley Harrison, amazing. Sorry. <laughs> so, so, do you have anything it... else? No. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for calling in. <laughs> There's something going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of these guys have a decision uh, as far as what they want to do with their future, and I don't know. Look, I don't know anything. We, I asked Holton here. He said he didn't make a decision one way or the other, but the point is he has options, uh, and he could come back next year and be the quarterback. Yeah, and I think I got a, uh, a handle on that Haley situation. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go to Joe in Wendell. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? As uh, the great philosopher Robert Earl Keane once said, it feels good feeling good again, man. That was a good day. Tailgate was packed. And, uh, you know, I was wondering if I could I could speak poorly of other callers, but uh, Kyle pretty much blew that out of the water for me. And uh, I will say that I was impressed with the crowd today. Thanksgiving uh, Friday, I was actually, a little side note here, birthday's today, so happy birthday to me. And I uh, appreciate the Pirates showing up today for sure, but. We spent a lot of weekends growing up, going to state Carolina or state East Carolina games that that made sense and were relevant, and so it was fun, man, having a having a good crowd, having a fun tailgate, and uh, we're going bowling, man. So quit all your complaining, people. Go rampants, go pirates, and let's go bowling, baby. Let's go have fun. All right. Happy birthday, Joe. Thanks, man. Yeah, happy birthday. I wish the Pirates could have pulled out a birthday victory for you. That would have been a whole lot of fun. But, uh, hey, you know, I agree. That's, it was a great crowd today. And, you know, think about the last few years, the, the the senior day, the last few years, and how dismal those, not only just the crowds were, the atmosphere, everything. There was just, it was just nothing. Yeah. Today was a, a very refreshing. We talked about that on the pregame show, about the, the buzz in the atmosphere. It just felt like old school East Carolina football again. And, and you know what? One of the callers, I can't remember who said it, but you know what? That's good that people are actually calling in, disappointed that we didn't uh, play better or even beat the number four team, undefeated team in the country that everybody's talking about uh, could be the, the big spoiler for the uh, the final four. 317-1250, one open line. Let's go to Mitchell and Winston-Salem. Hey, Mitchell. Mitchell. Encouraged. I... Um... I have a like a eight hour round trip to go to this game. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. This was a once in a lifetime thing for uh, Pirate fans, and yeah, I'm disappointed we didn't win. But it's it's about being a part of seeing this thing built built back. We had gotten down so low. A lot of these folks that are calling and complaining, 
they may not understand how low we had gotten. We had gotten to the point where we were one of the worst football teams in the country. And Mike Houston walked into a situation that he probably did not know how bad it was. Comfort um, put us into a dumpster fire situation. Moe, poor guy, he, he was not ready to be a head coach. He should not have taken that job. And it, But we are now back to the point where we are dominating the bottom half of our conference. We are playing toe-to-toe with the upper half, and we're two or three plays away from surprising the number one team in our conference. It's all very encouraging. We're going to have, I think, uh, 17 or 18 starters back next year. If Holton, if you're listening, son, you need to come back. Every single dream you've had for this team is at your fingertips. Now is not the time to go anywhere else. Now, let me state the obvious. The obvious is that we struggle to score against really good defenses. If they're mediocre or just okay defenses, we move up and down the field. What we need to concentrate on, and I'm assuming that DK is a good play caller, um, I just got to assume that because Mike Houston has confidence in him. So what DK's got to work on is learning how to outsmart a really good defense. And I will say you do not do that by running predictable plays and running running the ball on first down or second down up the middle and then passing on third down. Everybody sees that coming. We've got when we're playing a superior defense. When, and the superior defenses that we play this year are Cincinnati, South Carolina, and Appalachian State. And if you notice, all three of those schools, we scored less than 20 points. And we ran very predictable patterns of plays. That's what we need to work on. So I'm not going to call for DK's head. If that's who Mike Henry, if, if, if that's who Mike Houston has confidence in, then that's who we're going to go with. Now, the the good thing is we are back as a program. Almost 40,000 people in Dowdy Ficklin today. In the last four or five years, it easily would have been twelve or 13,000 people in that stadium. It was it was a good atmosphere that first quarter. Uh, we were winning. Uh, we were right there with Cincinnati, and we, we, we were hanging tough. So I'm very proud of all of our players. I'm, I'm proud of our fans. And I'm I'm looking forward to a good bowl game experience. I just please don't send us to Boston. We won't have a thousand people there. Uh, get us either uh, Conway, South Carolina. Well, we'll fill that stadium up, or Orlando, Florida. Those are the two top choices. And I guess third would be Annapolis. But I love the Pirates. I love the fact that we're back, and I love the fact that we're disappointed that we lost to the number four team in the country. All right, Mitchell. Good to hear from you, man. Thanks for calling in, Mitchell in Winston-Salem. 317-1250. Let's keep it rolling with Matt in Winterville. Hey, Matt. Hey, how y'all doing? Just a few things. Uh, having a, a top coach really shows uh, how a program does having a winning coach. Uh, coming from JMU the way he did, uh, I think he just has turned this program around and gave it some lifeblood that it desperately needed. Um, you know, First quarter, we were sticking with them. We were just, you know, giving up them big plays killed us. Something we need to work on. Um, running up the middle against three NFL caliber linemen made it for a long night. 
Um, and, you know, I'm not one to blame it on the refs, but half the time their defensive ends were in the backfield before the ball was snapped, and I don't know why they weren't calling that stuff. That was really bad. And then, too, with that special teams, the first time they blocked the field goal, why wouldn't we try to block uh, their end coming out? That second time he blocked it, he was, you know, I thought he was holding the ball. He was back there. No one touched him. Uh, but, hey, great uh, great season. We're going bowling. So uh, can't complain about too much, but I just wish we would have shocked the world tonight. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you know, one of the things that disappointed me, and I said this earlier, um, I'd like to see us play a little bit quicker on offense and be a little bit, you know, I, I just think it's a slow offense and I don't I don't like that as much. I like the, the getting out there, the up-tempo, and we haven't seen that all year, but I guess it's just, you know, kind of the identity of this offense this year is that they're not going to play that up-tempo. And it seems like the times we have seen the up-tempo offense in certain situations, it's been very it's worked, uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's been very effective. Alright, Pat and Terrence, hang on. That means we have two open lines, 317-1250 if you want to jump in on the fixed in live line we're taking your calls after a 35 13 cincinnati win over east carolina tonight to wrap up the regular season your pirates seven and five on the year and where are we going bowling that's the uh the question now 317-1250 we're back with more after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's start off with a little high school football. Uh, Rose has uh, gotten a pick six, so they now lead 21-7 over Scotland County with 6.56 left to go in the half. And... uh, college football scores uh, North Carolina trailing NC State 14 to 9 in the second quarter Washington State has taken an early 7 nothing lead over uh, Washington in the first quarter a ton of college basketball games going on right now number 10 Kentucky uh, leading North Florida 64 to 37 Xavier leads Virginia Tech 45 to 42 and Virginia pounding Lehigh 51 31 in the second half, West Virginia trailing in, uh, Eastern Kentucky 55-48 to 48 in the second half. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And during football season, they have food trucks during the day. You can follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show Here's your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Those scores presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Took my dad there last night. How was it? It was great. Uh, Scotland County just scored, so now it's twenty-one fourteen. Thank you, Charlie Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean All to interrupt, it. but it just it just on popped up on my screen. Your Buccaneer Music Hall school board presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Mike. <laughs> Terrence, <laughs> hang on. We have an open line. 317-1250. If you want to jump in, we go to Pat in Knoxville. Hello, Pat. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Great. Um, I'm a 1992 alum from ECU living over here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I really am glad I found you guys. It's 
been great to be able to reconnect with the ECU family for these games. Um, quick question. What did, what were your thoughts of Coach Houston going for that field goal in the fourth quarter down 15 when making that field goal still makes it a two-point differential? Yeah. Two-possession differential. It's just the probability of, uh, what were they, at the 17? Yeah. Fourth and goal at the 17. I mean, the likelihood of you scoring isn't good. But then again, three doesn't doesn't help you that much in that situation so i guess he just wanted to get some points out of it and thought the likelihood of getting three was a lot greater than getting seven i mean i don't know anything beyond like the 15 and uh goal to go yeah that's a tough situation to be in i understand why you know they could have envisioned they were going to kick uh get it blocked run back for a touchdown but he definitely wasn't thinking of that about that but yeah (laughs) The only other two points I wanted to make, and then I'll hop off of here, was um, what are you? Were you kind of surprised with the lack of tempo in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I mean, we just talked about that, yeah, especially yeah. kind of later in the game. It's still was it a two possession game still there, somewhat in the uh, the fourth, and they were kind of moving slow. Yeah, it yeah. was like three fifty left on the clock or whatever, and we were talking about that. And even I think even the ABC announcers, one of them, said, "You know, what are they doing? Let's let's get this thing going here yeah. a little bit more." And there's just no tempo. There's just uh, you know, I was very disappointed in the uh, at the end of the first half when the Pirates had the ball back. Uh, with over a minute to play and then you know there was a, a run play I think it was with if I remember correctly I think I looked at the scoreboard and there was about a minute five left on the clock they didn't call a timeout uh, ran run, one play and next thing you know there's 25 seconds left on the clock and then they kind of sit on the ball and go into halftime I was a little bit disappointed in the clock management in that situation yeah I totally agree and then the last thing I, I wanted to know if anybody else kind of wondered about this was it seemed to me like the right defensive end for Cincinnati knew our snap count. Yeah. Either he was jumping off sides or he was really uh, timing it perfectly. And with that, I'll leave it with you guys. Uh, again, thanks for all you do. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I heard that comment, too, from uh, the crew today. What's your guy's name, Chandler? Play-by-play guy? Jason Benetti, dude. Come on. Sorry. Jason Benetti and Andre Ware saying that Holt Nailers needs to – change up his snap count because uh he was uh that player in particular was getting a great jump pretty much every time so yeah i you know and somebody had uh mentioned on facebook you know one of the other reasons to get rid of the offensive coordinator as far as the play calling and the clock management and stuff i just wonder how much of a relay there is with donnie being up in the booth and relaying the play call it's just taking too long to get the play calls in and i think that needs to change more than anything and how the progression is in the communication going with that uh, so that'd be interesting to kind of delve into that a little bit. And I think last week uh, there was some questions about play calling after the Navy game or the time time management. That was one of the things that we had talked about, and that was addressed in – wasn't it? Didn't uh, Donnie address that uh, earlier this week, if uh, I remember correctly? Regarding what? Regarding the uh, – um, as far as the time management, being uh, able to – clock management. Yeah, well, uh, still some issues it's the, yeah, out there today. Yeah. All right, Terrence is up in Greenville. Hey, Terrence. Hey, what's going on, guys? Terrence in Greenville. You can call me Scary Terry. First time, long time, man. Hey, just quick question, guys. Didn't know if you had heard the uh, the name of Mike Houston floating around in circles with uh, ACC schools up in Northern Virginia. Uh, you know, in that in that god awful city of Blacksburg, Virginia. I didn't know if maybe that was a possibility. Maybe potentially losing the head coach down here in Greenville. Maybe having to look at possibly bringing Hugh Hugh Freeze down from Jesus U, or maybe resurrecting art briles from coaching graveyards who knows man but 
I'll hang up. Listen, man, man, appreciate what you guys do. Go Pirates, man. Cliff, also want to know what you got in terms of your lock for tomorrow, man. Michigan, Ohio State, man. I think Ohio State beats them by 14, man, but I want to know what you got. The Buckeyes. Is Harbaugh going to finally get it done? The Buckeyes put up a lot of points and roll them. Take the Buckeyes. So that means Michigan's probably a lock. Uh, Terrence trying to get the uh, coaching carousel rolling here in Greenville. Yeah, yeah. Not only is Mike Houston going to VT. Did he throw out a Hugh Freeze in He's there? already got his uh, his list. Hugh Freeze, Art, Art Briles. We're taking them yeah. all in, baby. Yeah, there you go. It's very, he kind of uh, sound like Ben Mintz from Barstow a little bit, too. Had a little What's mint. up, fellas? What's up, fellas? <laughs> we ain't got <laughs> Hugh Freeze going to Greenville. <laughs> oh, Miss, man. <laughs> all right. That team up in Blacksburg. <laughs> Uh, Mike is in Moyock, or is this Mike Mayock? That'd be cool. Oh, Raiders be cool. GM. Yeah. Uh, Mike in Moyock. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. I, I'm not even going to ask how y'all doing tonight, but I think we all know. Um, just, I'm just leaving the game, not disappointed really at all. I think they held their own. Um, matter of fact, I think that could hurt Cincinnati's chances of staying in the top four. I think the... You know, the committees are probably looking for them to really blow us out like they've done in the past. Um, but, but what I actually called about is I kind of wanted to weigh in on whole, whether Holton would stay or not. Um, what do you think the considerations are? Because I know in his tweet or Instagram, whatever it was he put out earlier, was that he was going to get with the coaches and his parents and stuff and discuss it after this game or after the ball game, whichever. Um, what, how much do you think the consideration is about Mason Garcia? That the coach is telling, hey, we'd love to have you, but because Mason's not going to sit the bench for another year either. I think if, if, if Holton comes back as a starter, I have a feeling we will lose Mason. And we, are we considering Mason one of the next, next best things to take us to the next level? And that. that I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of all guessing and speculation at this point, but if I had to bet on one side or the other, if Holden Ayler stays, I, I would be surprised if Mason Garcia stuck around another year and didn't play at all. At some point, he wants to play somewhere. So I don't think that has anything to do with Holton's personal decision. No, He's not I don't think about Mason but Garcia. I th- but I think Holton's decision has an a impact. lot to do and an impact on what Mason Garcia's decision is, and yeah. and rightfully so. And in this day and age of the transfer portal and guys moving around and guys wanting to play at places, that wouldn't be a surprise whatsoever. Yeah. But and my my point was I don't know if it'd be so much Holton's, but it would be Holton's decision of whether maybe a coaching decision saying. Hey, we'd love to have you come back, but we need to we need to move along because you will if you come back, we lose Mason and then you leave next year too. Yeah, no, you're, I I that, I hear you, but and I don't know anything, but I don't think Mike Houston is trying to run off Holt Nailers. I wouldn't think so, from what I gather. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it would be different if you had a proven quarterback in Mason Garcia, and we've talked about that all season, that he just he hasn't been able, well, first of all, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities out there and hasn't been getting a lot of playing time. You know, had they rotated quarterbacks this season, then I could see a different scenario in that. But yeah, I, I'm with Clip there. I don't think you run off Holt Nailers and say, hey, we got to think about our future in Mason Garcia. I think it's the other way around. You know, Holt Nailers has earned his spot as the starting quarterback there. You don't really know. Uh, I don't think any Anybody really knows what you're going to get out of Mason Garcia, so I think it's not the other way around. So that's going to be interesting, though, 
uh, however it shakes out during the off season. Okay. Well, I appreciate y'all uh, Let me call in, and I listen to y'all after every game and really enjoy it. And just y'all have a great, great off season. Thank you, Mike. Hey, we still got one more game. Actually, I'll talk to you after the bowl game. There you yes, go. Sir. Yes, All sir. Right. Call us then. All right, Mike. Thanks, man. There is Mike in Moyoc. Where is Moyoc? Up in the northeastern part of Kurtuck County, that area up there. How northeastern. Do you know that? Covering high school football, or oh yeah, you just know your North Carolina geography. Well, I used to have to go through there from Virginia Beach to the uh, Outer Banks. Yeah, okay, yeah. So All right. know, I grew up in that area. Well Tidewater. done, Billy. There you go. Three one seven twelve fifty. Kevin is in Burlington. Hello, Kevin. Hey, fellas, what's up? What's up? Um, I gotta tell you, I'm going to start this call the way I always started. Thank you so much for your forum, and thank you so much for Shirley Rhodes. Uh, last time I called in, I hadn't called in in a few weeks, and she was like, <laughs> she sounded awful. Uh, but it was glad to hear that, um, you know, she's doing better and everything. Um, but thank you all so much for the forum and, and a place to vent. Thank you uh, for making it possible, Kevin. That, be- that being said, um, I have to admit that I was one of the most skeptical callers, uh, probably after the Appalachian and South Carolina game um, at the beginning of the year. And now um, my entire mental process has evolved into I'm probably one of the most optimistic uh, callers that you'll have. Um, couple of callers terrence he kind of stole my thunder with um the skepticism that virginia tech is looking at our head coach to become their next head coach um and like i've always said you know mike houston has this thing where he turns around bad programs and it seems to happen in his third year and um for him to kind of step into a virginia tech job I don't know how you turn that down. So I think in the off season, regardless of what bowl we go to or how we do, um, I think we need to lock him up uh, somehow, some way, and show just how committed this program is to having a great coach, similar to what Appalachian State did to Jerry Moore before Jerry Moore won three straight, you know, national championships on a Division One AA level up at Appalachian. Um, and that caused him to stay, and then he decided not to go anywhere, even though he had big-time money and big-time jobs being thrown his way. Second, um, the whole Holt Naylor's tweet that the last caller just referenced, that was something else I was going to bring up. I'm wondering if he is considering doing something similar to what Russell Wilson did at NC State, where his senior year, he left NC State and went to, like, Wisconsin. So he could get to a higher-name school um, or higher-profile program to showcase his skills for the NFL. And I wondered what your thoughts on that was. Um, And lastly, have you heard anything about um, current bowl projections as far as us after losing this game? Um, I have actually seen there's there's all kinds of projections all over the place, but I actually seen one that said we was going to the Gasparilla Bowl to play Virginia Tech in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
which if you think about Virginia Tech wanting Mike Houston, that would be, <laughs> okay, that would just be kind of ironic. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to know what y'all's thoughts was, and go Pirates, I was proud of our, uh, I was proud of our effort today. We hung with them for the, like the first half. Um, it kind of got away from us in the second quarter, but we did our best, and I think we did, I mean, last year we lost 55-17. This year, it was a much more competitive game, and our kids showed so much heart and so much promise, and, um, I just wanted to say I'm very proud of this program, and I'm very proud of the direction it's headed, and I think we're going in the right direction, and I think we need to make sure it continues to go in that direction. That's about all i got to say. Well, all right, Kevin. Thanks for the call. A couple things to hit there. I, I haven't heard anything real, like, super serious about Virginia Tech coming after Mike Houston. So. I, I hadn't either, and somebody had said they wouldn't blame him if he went or whatever. He said, oh, obviously. I mean, I, that wouldn't wouldn't if that was um an option for mike houston how could you blame him for going to virginia tech yeah and I would mean, virginia tech go after a right. seven and five or maybe right. even a or seven even and a, six coach or you know? or an eight and five team if he, or eight and five you know and i think that would be the only reason they would even be interested is if he went to a bowl game especially if he put, went to the military bowl and you know beat up on an acc team i think that would be a quality win and you know that would open up some eyes but i i don't know if if mike houston is in that situation right now i mean he's doing a good job here in his third year i don't think he's He's definitely not one of those coaches that's uh, a hot commodity right now, I wouldn't think. Yeah, as far as Ehlers, like, going somewhere else, I mean, it's not unprecedented. We saw it in Pirate Basketball with Jaden Gardner, who felt like he Kelly Oubre is on fire, Chandler. Um, we saw Jaden Gardner go to Virginia after he felt he probably did all he could here at ECU and wanted to try to improve his draft stock, whatever. So we could... Uh, I don't know. It's it's a possibility. I don't, you, you just never know what yeah. young folks what's going through a young man's head at the time. And if you remember, it's the same situation because you know we sit here and we could say, well, Holt Nailers, he's a local kid. He wanted to come to East Carolina, wanted to build something in East Carolina. I couldn't ever see him leaving to go to another school. We said that about Jaden Gardner as well. Remember, Jaden had come in his very first or second year and said, "Hey, I'm a pirate. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere." And then he was kind of a little bit of a surprise when he announced that he was going to leave and then in, and eventually ended up at Virginia. And so honestly, if ECU didn't go on a four-game winning streak, I, I, all the heat Holt Naylor's takes, and he can ignore it all he can, but he still sees it, hears about it, his family members see it, hear about Absolutely. it. I wouldn't blame him for going elsewhere. In fact, uh, it might be the best thing uh, for him to go elsewhere and get away from the hometown criticism. But then the Pirates won some games. That mm-hmm. kind of died down. So I don't know. He's, he's got a decision to make. We'll see. Yeah, it's just it's it's a, a totally different world now in athletics than yeah. it used to be. You with have the, the trans- That's right. You do have the option now. And it's not uh, – there's not like a bad stigma on it, really. No, like no, it's it's like you know what people are saying. Hey, these athletes are doing what's best for them. Coaches can come and go as they wish, and then players should be able to do the same as well, and they do now. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Let's uh, take a break. Shirley will come back. B pays Bobby and Charlie. Hang on, we have one open line on the fixed NC live line. Three one seven twelve fifty. We'll be back with you after these words.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, with you on a Friday evening, TGIF. It's full house ended. Family Matters is on now. Anybody else? Surely watch TGIF. Weave, that was you were a little older than me. What's that? Did you get into the Friday night on ABC shows? Step by step. No, nah, uh, that was a good one. Full nah. house. You were aged nah. out Family of Matters. Yeah, I, at age. You were part I did like Family Matters, though. At one, one at one point in time, it was Perfect Strangers. Oh, yeah. And oh, Growing Pains. That. Growing Pains. Yeah. Growing Pains. Yeah. That was a little before. On TGIF? Oh, well, maybe it wasn't yeah, I think on that TGIF. Was before that. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, welcome in. Good to have you on a Friday night. Johnny Pays. Bobby, hang on. We'll start this uh, segment here with Charlie in Pittsburgh. Hello, Charlie. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Billy. I appreciate y'all taking my call as always. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'd be I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't a little uh, disappointed after that one. I mean, yeah, the optimist pirate fan in me, I knew it in my heart all week that we were going to win that game, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it didn't turn out like that. But and you know, there was a lot of things that could have been cleaned up tonight. I mean, I don't know where our blocking on special teams went, and I wish that we could have had a little bit more urgency in the fourth quarter. When even though the game was starting to get away, like you know. I don't know. After so many close games this year, especially after that comeback in that Marshall game, I really, I hated to count them out. Really, any time up until you know, it was about five minutes left to go in the game. Um, but you know, it's, it's something that feels good is the fact that it seems like, at least for now, at least for a little while, it seems like the days of ECU getting embarrassed on the football field are over. I haven't felt like. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was trying to think. I, I don't think there's been a game this year where at the end of it I, I felt completely embarrassed. And that was, you know, that's not been the case for the last five or six years. Um, so I, 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 we're making progress as a program. We're right on the cusp. And I feel good about where we're going. Um, and hey, here's, uh, we're seven and five. We're going to a bowl game. I feel great about that. I'm, you know, hoping it's somewhere we can get to. But, um, and one more thing I want to say, uh, at least at the beginning of the game tonight, I was really impressed by the folks that showed up to the stadium. Um, you know, it's one thing to get a bunch of people in for a you know, state game or a Carolina game or something like that. But, um, you know, a game against Cincinnati the day after Thanksgiving, I was, I was pretty impressed with the crowd size, and I was impressed with how engaged the crowd was in the game. So shout-out to Pirate Nation for showing up today. And, um you know, we're, we're, we're right there. We're making progress. Um, and, you know, even though we lost today, I still feel better about this program than I have in a long time. And I feel good about that. So, let's see where we go bowling. And uh, go Pirates. Thank you all for what you do. All right, Charlie. We'll talk to you after the bowl game. There's Charlie in Pittsburgh, 317-1250. Bobby is up next in Florida. Hey, Bobby. Hey, guys. Just wanted to talk about uh, what a great season this was for ECU. I mean, it was about two months ago. We were in the fourth quarter against Marshall. We were on the verge of being 0-3. And I think we all were looking for a bridge to jump off of. And the Pirates turning around, had some great games, some great victories along the way. I mean, we almost beat Houston at Houston. We almost beat UCF at UCF. Great win last week against Navy, who's been a thorn in our side for 15 years. I mean, we'd only beaten them one time going back to 2006. Um Pulled off a great win last week. Um, you know, we lost to a better team today. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, we had chances. We didn't do what we needed to do to win the game. 
We did force some turnovers but then the offense. I think that's been the one thing about this season for me that's been so perplexing. The defense has been unbelievable for most of the year. I mean, when you look to the future, our defense, it's young. I mean, by and large, you look at that defensive line. I mean, I, I read that, you know, program that the, the Pirates send out, ECU sends out. I mean, it's full of freshmen and red shirt freshmen and sophomores. We are going to be primed for a big year in 2022 from a defensive perspective. I think um, on the offense, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Holton. My gut is he'll come back. Um, we got a lot of weapons, and I'm not quite sure what, what wasn't clicking this year. Maybe it was the offensive line. Um, we really sputtered at times. You know, it happened, happened today, particularly in the second quarter, um, even into the second half. But I think, you know, this team that just a few years ago I mean, we, we were just a group of individuals, and there wasn't a whole lot of enthusiasm within, within Pirate Nation for the football team. And this football team is becoming a football program again. And I think the next couple years are really bright for Pirate football. I love what Mike Houston's done. The defense is unbelievable, like I said earlier. And I think we can all have that Pirate pride back. We can look forward to Saturdays again or Thursdays or whenever we're playing. And uh, don't be surprised if next year – you know, we're we're sitting there. We have expectations now, and don't be surprised if we're we're competing for that conference championship from day one. And uh, you know, I think all the hopes, all the dreams we had with the American, when we came in seven or eight years ago. I think next year might be the year we finally get that conference championship. And I'm looking forward to seeing what 2022 brings. And can't wait for the bowl game this year. So uh, go Pirates, and let's go to Omaha this year as well. <laughs> All right, throw that in there as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Bobby. You know, usually, you have like a lot of, and and we have some this year. We like the what if moments. I right, know as right. Washington fans, we do that after oh, every season, every game, we every so, season. Could have, could have, should have. And you had some of those this year. But looking back at this season, after it's all said and done, you're going to have some. Man, those were awesome moments. And he mentioned them: the, the Marshall win, going on the road, beating Memphis like that—that's yeah. a big deal. Uh, Winning at the, Navy, the Navy monkey off your back—that's a big deal. Uh, the just uh, all that stuff and and the way they're able to the numbers they had in the conference this year tom mcclellan uh put it out today east carolina did not allow a point in their home conference games in the first quarter and all in all the games at right home. that's all that's, that's a great stat oh yeah uh the, the pirates were were uh and as the previous caller said charlie the days of getting run off the field and looking like we don't belong seem to be over it's so uh, i think that was a good uh big picture call there to to see where this thing is right now absolutely and what bobby had said too about the youth of this program that's only going to pay dividends with having a bowl game is because now you have two spring practices basically your younger guys get to get more reps now in the bowl practices then after the bowl once you go through uh you know summer workouts and things like that then you get into your spring practices you're getting so much more practice time guys that are young on this team are still learning these are invaluable and coaches will tell you that all the time it doesn't matter you know you know we talk about bowl games and the bowl system being so watered down and so many of them that it's not exciting of course for east carolina any bowl is exciting right now because you haven't been in so long but when you go year after year after year you're like oh man come on there's 50 you know bowl games what's the big deal blah 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 every head coach in college football will tell you they'll take every bowl game every Every time, if for nothing else but to get those extra practices. And the really exciting thing is, this is not the uh, the peak of Mike Houston's ECU football Pirates. The 
we're not going backwards next year the hope and the thought is hey th- this is just the beginning this is yeah we're this gonna is have the eight blocks. nine ten wins in the regular season yeah. moving forward yeah. so this is the starting point all right b pace is up in raleigh what's up pace hey guys uh uh tough one today i mean i was just looking at uh you know looking back at aac stuff you know rough best year of the aac in 2014 was tied was tied for fourth in the league five and three and that's exactly where we're at now. I mean, we're going to be tied. I think UCF's technically going to be third because they beat us, but we're probably going to be tied for, I guess it will be fourth. I forget how the AEC does that and with SMU since we didn't play them. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll be five and three. Uh, you know, seven. This, this year reminds me a lot of the of Skip's 2007 year. Um, you know, when we end up going to Boise State, I think we, I think beating Boise, we became eight and five that year, if I remember right. I think we were seven and five going into, uh, into that Hawaii game, the Boise game, and then of course we know we, we came out in two thousand eight, beat Virginia Tech, beat West Virginia. You know, faltered a little bit down the thing, but it'll be interesting. I think the quarterback situation, you know, with Garcia, I don't think he'll stick around if Holton go if Holton plays again. Um, I think he'll be gone, but you know you got to look at it. you still got a couple of other quarterbacks on that roster that is you know Walter Simmons is a guy if you if you're not familiar with him I would definitely check him out and, you know he was a top quarter one of the top quarterbacks in Florida um, you know he was a lot of folks were after him um, he's a guy that I, he's a six two guy he's a dual threat guy I think he would fit well in the offense. So, I mean, of course, we'd love to see Garcia, what he would have. But if he did go, and Holden did choose to stay for another year, you, you know, you've got a, a guy like Walter Simmons. you got Stubby, I think, Stubby Field from Texas. Um, so, you got some guys in that quarterback room. They've done a good job of, of recruiting uh, uh, quarterbacks in there. Um, with the DK situation, I, I don't know. I just – I think this coaching staff, the biggest thing they have to work on is just time management. I just think they just do – a poor job at some point, just like that field goal got blocked. You know, one of the reasons that field goal got blocked, they were rushing the kicker out there. He had one second. They had to snap the ball. They were all confused, and the, the line wasn't ready. I mean, that, those are just things that they have to work on on the time management. I mean, even I mean, I respect Andre Ware a lot, and during that during that television cast, he he talked about it multiple times about how bad the clock management was. And um, so I think, you know, once they get that, you know, once they get that together, I think they'll be fine. Uh, go to a bowl game here. I, you know, I think it'll be either Annapolis or somebody's reporting that Birmingham Bowl is, is making a strong push for us also against the SEC team. So I think either one of those would be great. And uh, y'all have a great weekend. Go Pirates. All right, Pace. Thanks, man. Good to hear from you. Here's B. Pace in Raleigh. I wouldn't mind Birmingham Bowl. It just wouldn't be my first choice just because I've been there. If you haven't been to Birmingham, to the Birmingham Bowl personally, it's not the it's not the greatest the of atmospheres. It's not the best destination. I mean, it's, it's much warmer than the Fenway Bowl. That is for absolute sure because I think that's everybody's last choice right there is the Fenway Bowl. Is that uh, Legion Field? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a dump. It, it, well, it it's a terrible neighborhood. It's it a historic not, dump, Shirley. Well, it not is. just that, but also if you're going, it, obviously at this time of year, it might not be a bad idea, but uh, I went to see uh, the U.S. Women's National Team play at Legion Field mm-hmm. in the dead of summer, and there's not an ounce of shade oh, at no. Legion Field. No. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're just sitting in the sun and 
basically baking. The only shade is the the shade, shade that's sitting that, over here that Shirley's throwing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but no, you're right. It is. It's not in a very good neighborhood. No, it's terrible. No, neighborhood. It's, it's tough terrible. to get there. Uh, it's just ugh. Yeah. That's not exactly my idea of a good time. All right, 317-1250. Well, you got a caller calling in right now. We got Johnny, who is hanging on the Fixed NC Live line. Hello, Johnny. Uh-oh, I think we lost him. No, Johnny. No, Johnny D. All right, let's get this caller in that's on the line right now, and we'll get that caller on before we take a break. Hornets up 114-93 to Hornets, Hornets. over the Minnesota Timberwolves as they are rolling right now. NC State up 14 to 10, 1105 left to go in the third quarter. That's your Buccaneer scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. All right, take us to break, Shirley. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got more calls to get to and more fun to have on a Friday night. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio Scoreboard, here's Shirley Rose. All right. Uh, in high school football at halftime, Rose leads Scotland 28-14. North Carolina has taken the lead over NC State 17-14 in the third quarter. Washington State leads Washington 10 to nothing in the second quarter in college basketball. Number 14, Illinois, trailing uh, UTRGV 47 to 45. West Virginia leads Eastern Kentucky by a point. 71 to 70 is that score in the second half. LSU leading Penn State 63 to 58 in overtime. And it is Tulsa leading Little Rock 45 to 43 in the second half. And Missouri and Wichita uh, State have just tipped off and uh, no score as of yet. Georgetown has an early 2-0 lead over St. Joe's in the first half. And that is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall. And it's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates in eastern North Carolina. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And now during football season, they have food trucks during the day. Follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for updated schedules. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Da buck, da buck, da buck, da buck, da buck, da buck. All right, uh, I reckon I'll go home and watch some basketball tonight. Duke, Gonzaga, yeah, 10.30. 10.30. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be yeah a good that's one. right. Uh, Gonzaga is a machine, and it shows in the line. They are nine-point favorites against Duke, who's like fifth Ooh, in the nation. Yeah. So Gonzaga. Zags are going to be really good. Yep, they always really are, good. and they are again this year. All right, uh, we got three open lines. Sean on the Facebook live chat asked a good question. He said, where are all the drunk callers? I don't know. We've had some pretty responsible callers tonight. So I think far. we would have had more drunk callers or angry. I well, I, th- I think just well, I think that kind of goes hand in hand. Usually, doesn't it? Well, Not all the time. Are you a fun drunk or? A, oh no, an I'm angry. A, drunk. I'm a fun drunk, but I know a lot of angry drunks. All right. uh, but I think had it been a seven o'clock start time, remember it could have uh, been a three thirty or yeah. a seven o'clock. I think the seven o'clock is usually when you have more of the the drunk dialing. Also, Barry asked, uh, "What's the?" me and you billy what's uh the most memorable moment of the fifth quarter this year 
Uh, I don't know. Well, think about that. By somebody you yell, Somebody you yelled at that kept going on and on and on earlier this year. What was it? Yeah, where's Larry? Remember? Where's Larry? Was it Larry? Gary. Yeah. Larry or Gary or yeah, Harry. Harry and and what? Sherry. Let's go to Sherry Barry. Maybe Mike's drunk. Mike joins us in South Carolina. Please be drunk, Mike. <laughs> Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, how are y'all doing? I'm not drunk, but I've definitely had a couple of Bud Lights tonight, so I'm feeling pretty good. Ain't no doubt about that. There good. you go. Good to hear. I would like to know, when are we going to stop making excuses for Mike Houston? Like, obviously, we had a little moral victory today. Rah, rah. We almost beat Cincinnati. But, like, I got to know, Skip Holtz is unemployed. Why can't we give him a call at this point? You Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you sure? You want to fire Mike Houston Wait, and bring no, in Skip Holtz? No, no, no. That's not what I, I want to ask him. Mike, are you sure you're not drunk? I'm, I'm sure. Okay. I'm a little buzz. I'm a little buzz. <laughs> We've had a little bit of libations today. Why are we firing Mike Houston? Next Friday. The turkey soaked up the majority of it, but I'm just saying, like, like Skip Holtz, he's, he's a good coach. He's out there. I, Mike Houston, he got punked by half State to start the year. He got punked today. He almost lost to Charleston Southern. I think we've been riding nuts all year between him and Holton. I, I Maybe <laughs> I'd say he's available. I mean, good grief, Mike. He was 7-5 and five this year after all the losing that went on here, and you're, you're – you're ready to fire Mike this, Houston, and this is this is year. He lost that this is state. year three of. Did I did I just hit something here? What you're good. I, I did something. I can't hear myself. I think I hit something. You should be fired, Billy. You should be fired. I don't know. Go I don't ahead. know. My my headset. I can hear you. One. Yeah. Okay. Um. I don't even know what I was saying. Now I hit something over there, and now I, I can hardly hear my headsets. But all right. Anyway, yeah. I mean, it, he's only in year three. And he's on the verge of eight. That's it. That's it. I hit that. Whatever that is. All right. All right. Go. Uh, On the verge of eight wins. So I don't see the justification of fire in Houston. But when did we reset our expectations? When Russ was here, we would beat Virginia Tech. We'd beat Mike. We would be good every single year. And now it's like. Now now we reset the expectations, Mike. Right. Because we can't. Like. We went, what, three wins, three wins, three wins all those years. We had low expectations. Now the expectations are raising because they won seven games this year. So now is when we set our expectations higher. Okay, but but here's my question for you. If we don't win seven games next year, let's say we win five and we lose to the Wolf Puppies, is that does Mike Houston get a break still, or are we are we kind of like no? Then you're open for discussion. I, I mean, God, man, are you are you serious? Uh, did, have you not watched pirate football the last seven years? I have, I have, and that's 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 the thing though. Is like it's like when I was when I was younger, before I was legal drinking age, we could we we would be we would be good teams when Shane Carter was there, when when Justin Hardy was there. It's like okay, we won seven games, we've had a good year. But like we can't we can't be like oh well, he's better than Scotty Montgomery. I mean, my grandmother was better than Scotty Montgomery if we threw her out there to coach a football team. So I mean, I'm just saying maybe maybe the fire and it's not this year, but like. No, there's no maybe, dummy. Of course it's not this year, Mike. <laughs> we just found. What are you talking about? We just found my favorite uh, fifth quarter call-in show moment. Mike, year, just come now. on. <laughs> what did you think we were going to do this year? Go undefeated? I don't know. I thought we would have beat App State. Okay, that was like four months ago. Are you still not over that loss? <laughs> 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 We've had a lot of football between now and then. Cincinnati. 
We put up 14 points against the Saints. I thought we were going to cover. I thought we would at least. Uh, how much money did you lose today? And great teams cover. And, and, and by, while we're at it, Holton needs to go. I understand. <laughs> like, he's a shadow AD. He's running things like Jeff Copper used to back in the day. Oh, my God. It needs to go. That That's my opinion. We got to stop riding the hometown kids nuts. Someone said that earlier in the year, and they were nothing but right. That must have been you, and you're like shining a light on yourself, Mike. <laughs> well done. All right. Thank you for at least entertaining us tonight. There's Mike in South Carolina, seven and five. Get Mike Houston the hell out of here. What yeah. the hell was that? That was Mike in South Carolina. Bring back Skip Holt. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, you're one of those nut riders over there? Huh? Yeah, exactly. All right. Leonard <laughs> is up in Greenville next. Hello, Leonard. Hello. I don't even know how to follow that insanity. I mean, oh my god! I, I just, I just, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. <clears throat> Apparently, he has no idea who. Like, if you say Pinkney, he probably has no idea who that is. Much less Brandel, Gerard, or Travis Hunter. For all those people that knew Pirates back in the '80s. Um. Yeah, that, that's a bad take, so I'm just not even going to address that. But anyway, um, very proud of the guys tonight. I know it was not what we wanted, and the offense certainly didn't perform like we hoped they could, but that is a great defense, um, whether you want to admit it or not. Cincinnati does have a high-quality defense, and uh, that's what's gotten them here. Um, and they just clamped it down in the fourth quarter, and you know we had some chances. The defense, I mean, I mean they, they played well all night. I mean, I know they gave up a few long plays here and there, but, man, they gave us a chance to win into the fourth quarter. I know there are probably some people addressed that, you know, people were leaving at halftime. The game wasn't even over. And, you know, even in the fourth, you know, the defense gave us a shot. We just couldn't move the ball down and get a touchdown. And um, But I'm just very proud of the team this season. Uh you know, firing people too early is what got us in this mess in the first place. So people need to shut up about that. And I, you know, Clip, I'm not, I'm a pretty even killed person. I know you are, dear. Are you okay, Leonard? You raised your voice there. It startled yeah, me. I mean, I've, I've got a vein coming out on my phone. <laughs> Leonard is like one of the most low key callers we have on this. I show. tell you what, though, what a great Thank point. You. Firing people too early is what got us in this situation. That is probably That's one it. of the greatest points I've heard this season. So, Mike and whoever else out there, hold your horses, man. The best is yet to come. You know, and from what people are talking, it may not be. It may be we're trying to hold on to him. It may not be that we you know, fire him. So, you know, Ruff is the person he addressed. We fired him for a five and seven season, which I think most everybody believes that he was fired way too early. So we just went seven to five. We've got a chance to win a bowl game, win eight games. We don't do that often, especially not in recent history. So if you go back and look on the website and the record books, you know, we've had good seasons here and there, but we've also had some, you know, very bad seasons. Um, my brother was in the marching band in the 80s, so, I mean, I was a kid coming to uh, games in the 80s, um, and we struggled then. I mean, we were playing – that's when we were independent. We were playing Miami and Florida State. 
I mean, and they would beat us like 44 to 3. I think there was a Halloween game where one of those teams just demolished us. Uh, and then Bill Lewis came in, built things back up. I know we had great teams in the 70s and the 60s. A lot of uh, people that were there, here then, I don't want to, you know, just pass over them. And 83 even, when Ernest Spiner was here, when Tony Collins was here, I know we had a lot of great teams. And we had a drought. It happens. But we are on the rise. People need to chill out. We played a top five team, a team that will likely, unless something Unless Houston does something crazy and beat Cincinnati, they are going to go. I don't see how they're not going to go to the playoff. Um, and they are a quality team. They've got a quality coach. You know, we're not quite there, but our defense kept us in this game. And that gives me a lot of hope. I mean, and just the crowd tonight, I know it was not 51,000, but it reminded me of. Some of the games, like you may have remembered Southern Miss back in, um, I think, 2008 or 2009, when we were playing for the right to go to the conference championship, and C.J. Wilson picked up that uh, block extra point and ran it back so that we could win that game and get to the title game. I mean, and not to mention the wins we've had over Carolina and NC State, and that were just marvelous. I was thinking about that today. I drove all the way from Pennsylvania to see this game, and uh, it just saddens me that people are talking like this. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. All right, Leonard. Well, uh, so anyway, it's the, it's just a, the loud minority, I guess, or whatever. So, yeah. just to wrap up, very proud of this team, proud of Mike Houston, proud of Blake Carroll, proud, proud of these players. They've just outperformed what I, what I thought and what I think a lot of people thought. I mean, just three years, we've come a long way. Be patient, people. You're going to see great things. We're going to be back to where we were. Just be patient. Don't fire people. Keep coming to the games. Keep believing. We're going to be there, y'all. We're going to be there. Go Pirates. All right. Thank you, Leonard in Greenville. 317-1250. Isaac is up in Greenville next. Hello, Isaac. Oh, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's me. Hey, Isaac. Hello. Sorry, I'm calling it again. We gotta cut the speaker down. We gotta go on our nose. Isaac, what are you? Every week is something with you, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but I've also been drinking. I've been drinking longer this week than I was last week. There you go. We were we were wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> but uh, I want to say that uh, we had a good defensive game today. Defensive game uh, last year, like our previous caller said, we lost. It was 55 to 13. This year it was 32 17. So we're we're on to come up. And seven wins, I'm fine with seven wins. Uh, we're going bowling. Hopefully, hopefully it's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't care who we play, but Myrtle Beach Bowl, that's where we're going to. All right. Isaac's making the call. Myrtle Beach Bowl. You Would you go down there and uh, party, Isaac? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. It will be. So. At, at Coastal, there would be uh, 20,000 Pirates there. No, no, 30,000. That's how many they can fit. 30,000 Pirates there. Well, the other team gets to bring some, I guess. Well, yeah, but who's going to travel to watch them get their, their tails kicked by the Pirates? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I think Myrtle Beach is more of a Pirate Party destination than Annapolis, Maryland would be. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Or or uh, Fenway or the Fenway Bowl, which a bunch of people have been saying about too. Well, but you know what? If you go to the Fenway Bowl, except for the bowl game it's, itself, I'm sure there's plenty of pirate pubs in the uh, vicinity of Fenway Park to get some uh, pirate beverages. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, <laughs> well, uh, well, pirates will have to find a a lot of beverages if we go all the way up there. All right, Isaac. Appreciate you calling in, man. No problem. Good talking to y'all. All right, buddy. There's Isaac in Greenwood. Isn't that the guy last week that needed help? He did it all on his own this time. Proud Isaac. Yeah, there you go. Ready, 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 Baby I, was, I was going to ask that because I was wondering if that was the same guy. But <laughs> you could tell he was kind of struggling to get his own thoughts off. And, it's baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. All right. But, uh, uh, yeah, he did it all by himself. Charlie, want to get a break in? Let's get a break in. 317-1250. Chris is up next in Blunt's Creek, and Shirley is getting a name as we speak. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We're back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. <laughs> Chandler, how dare you say that to me? That was emphatically yeah. calling me a bad word. What did I say? You know what you said. DA. Johnny, Brett, hang on, because we're going to go out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to Chris in Blunt's Creek. Hello, Chris. Hey, Clip. How are you? Good, man. How are you? I've missed about the entire show fifth quarter. So the question that I have may have already been answered several times. Why was there such a shortage of concessions? You know what? Actually, I've seen this one on Twitter, on our Facebook chat. I don't know if it's been brought up in, on the show. It Maybe. hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't, and I saw it today firsthand. <laughs> it was not good. May I please share my experience? Sure. I mean, it, it was the first. It was about midway in the second quarter, and I thought, well, I'm going to go try to beat the crowd. And I get up to the concession stand, stand in line, get all the way up there, and three little old ladies from, I think they said they were re-imaged church. They were a nonprofit trying to make money, and they're like, we don't have anything. I said, what do you mean you don't have anything? She said, we don't have anything. We don't have any sandwiches. We don't have any pizzas. We don't have hot dogs. We don't have anything. All we've got is drinks. That, and that was in the second quarter, right? In the second quarter, yeah. before halftime. Yeah. That, that's funny that you say that because my daughter did the same thing. She left, it was 3 nothing. She came back, it was 21-3, to and she said, what happened? She had no idea what had happened, but she said the same thing. She waited in line, got all the way up. She was waiting for a Chick-fil-A sandwich, and they were out. I got I got the person in front of me apparently got the last two Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I was like, <laughs> you must have been in the same line my daughter was in. I guarantee you. I, look, I love John Gilbert. I think he's done a great job, but I bet he had access to food. I bet J.J. McClam had access to food. I bet Ryan Robinson or Robin or whatever, I bet he had access to food. It really stinks when you're out there freezing your tail off and you can't get squatted. I mean, I wound up, I wound up leaving. I mean, I was like, you know, this sucks. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this has been an issue every time East Carolina's had a – Good crowd this year. Remember, we got a lot of calls about it early it was in the like season. The first, well, first South game of the Carolina. season. I South remember Carolina. The, yeah. There was a ton of calls there yep. about it. The first home game of the season. So, I don't know. Time. I was going to say, I guess they were understaffed like last time, but this time it sounds like they were understocked with 
Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think it was a staffing situation. It might have been. And you know what? I don't know how those operations. I'm, I'm so far removed from that. You have no idea. I just don't know how the concessions and all that operate. I don't know how long ahead you have to plan or whatever. Um, but could I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Could it be a situation where, you know, you're looking, you have to make these calls three and four weeks ahead of time, and and maybe they didn't think there was going to be as big a crowd for the day after Thanksgiving? Because we all said it was a great crowd, one where you don't usually see the day after Thanksgiving. I'm just trying to, you know, find out some sort of answer. That's a, that's a, that's a pie in the sky. I, I appreciate your attempt at making an answer, Billy, but that's, that's pie in the sky. That's what he's used for. Oh no, I, I agree uh, totally. But I'm just trying to make sense of it. We we we've known for several weeks this was going to be a true. They were hoping it was going to be a good crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I posted on Instagram and Twitter, don't invite us to a party if you're not going to have confessions. Hey, that, that's a good that's a good point right there because I was yeah. about to say the same thing. They knew uh, well enough ahead of time to do marketing for for the sixty what sixty dollar tickets for whatever four football tickets, four ECU men's and women's basketball tickets. So they had enough foreshadow and, and, and time to be able to market the game. So you would think they'd had a, enough time to do the concessions as well. Another question. In years past, and even when I was a child, I used to sell drinks in the stands. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody walking up and down. I mean, even if they just sold water and peanuts, that would keep some people from leaving the game. No, I, I said that after the first game when there was complaints about that South Carolina game. I, I said something about that that I didn't see anybody coming up through the stands. And I don't know if is was that a I don't know if that was a COVID issue. I, I didn't, was going to say I wouldn't yeah, think pro- so. It probably is because you got the guy handing it and somebody yeah, else touches and somebody, it. Yeah, and they can probably use COVID as a reason for yeah, that. Yeah, because it used to be where you would pass it at the end of the row. You know, <laughs> yeah. if you're in the middle of a row and yeah. people would pass them down. So I, I get that part of it, but. Still, yeah, it would be nice to have that back. One one final comment, and I'm probably going to upset the world with this one, but I'm going to do it. Our band sucked. <laughs> Our band sucked. If, if you've ever watched the movie Drumline, I think um, musically they probably hit their crescendos and their alouettes and whatever the heck they call them. I'm sure they get that great. But as far as dead in the same, I mean, God, man. I was so disappointed a couple of years ago when North Carolina A&T band did not show up because I wanted to see something at halftime other than, all right, everybody, let's see. It. All right, we're going to take that. Are the fat girls going to drop the flags today? Hey, I mean, how many? Five? We, we, people around me sit around and take bets on how many. All right. <laughs> all right. Mike or Chris, sorry, Chris. <laughs> Have a good night. All right, go time. <laughs> I, I I can't get on board with bashing the band. I don't know. You know what my you know You know what my favorite part of the band is? When we get inside the twenty yard line? Stick it in, stick it in. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, love I haven't been part. on a football game in so long. The band's been good for oh, basketball this year. Oh, uh, but oh, I, he, stick it he, in, stick it in. He oh, is right about love the concession stands. But I mean, the lines were still crazy long today because a uh, guy that was sitting with me at the football game left as soon as the clock hit zero at halftime. He got up and left. He did not get back until I think there was five minutes left in the third quarter. So yeah. he had missed the whole halftime show and missed a half of, uh, of football yeah like i said earlier i know it didn't take cincinnati a whole heck of a lot of time to score that 21 points but 
you know, my daughter missed all 21. Wow. <laughs> Which was, good. I mean, I guess a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but she did, she did come back. If you were going to miss a quarter today, right, the second right, one that was, was a good one. one. Yeah, because she came back and she said, wait, it's 21 to 3? What happened? Yeah, I, I left my, it was 3 nothing. I think my dad left when it was 3 to nothing, yeah. and he came back with it 14 to 3. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, let's go next to Brett in Myrtle Beach on the Fixed NC Live line. Hey, Brett. Hey, we're all coming down there to stay with you, Brett. Is that okay? Yeah, that works fine, man. All right, cool. All right, so I was wondering, where do you think Mike is from in South Carolina? He's got to be from Columbia, being an airhead like he is. The problem is not Mike Houston. I think the problem lies within the local politics of this football program. Morgan Ehlers, the the shadow GM and PA announcer, is letting his son run this team into the ground. I think, personally, as a Myrtle Beach guy, that we need to let Mason Garcia take the reins. And see what he's got. There's but, local politics, bud. Local, local politics. Brett, you're not alone in that uh, thinking. So, I guess uh, do you not have anybody in power down there at Myrtle Beach that can pull some strings and get Mason in the game? Oh, I don't know anybody. I just watch Carolina Forest football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else, Brett? No. I mean, I, I just think that I think Morgan uh, got got some kind of stranglehold on the entire program and he needs to let go and let let mike houston take give mason a shot i think if mason plays this game we win well look you, you can't blame east carolina university when you have the power that morgan aylers has when you give six seven million dollars a year to the program like more morgan aylers does His i mean DJ you can make rates have yeah crazy. you can make those calls you kind of hold the power in your hands because so i mean that, that's just the way it is in athletics these days when you when you've got that much money and that much power and uh that much clout you can kind of do what you want to do do you think they have money in do what? Dirty Myrtle money? Do we have dirty Myrtle money? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So. Myrtle Beach, where I live, has any kind of money. I heard, uh, I heard Holton is going to go for a medical hardship here and could be here three more years, Brett, as the starting quarterback. Well, that that's what I heard, too, and I heard that they were going to um, – I think there's going to be an Ehlers building somewhere <laughs> on campus, if yeah. I'm not correct. So. Is he gonna be a is he gonna be a double super senior with the COVID year? That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes. He's got uh, three more years left. And actually they're gonna uh they're gonna say that he did not burn a red shirt year too, so we're gonna get that one back too. We don't need any more lefty quarterbacks. We need to go righty in there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Brett. Thanks, man. Y'all have a good night. You too. There's Brett in Myrtle Beach. This it's a very like thin line between reality and satire, and I don't know which one we're crossing here. <laughs> Brett, I don't really know what side he was on there. I don't. Uh, Johnny is in Buck Road Beach. Hello, Johnny. Two weeks in a row. What do you think, guys? Two weeks in a row for Buck Row. Yes, that's right. There you go, Weave. So I did my job today. I brought not just myself but three other non-pirates to the game to fill the stadium there you go way to go uh like the uh, that's that's the plus i got the minus coming here soon at halftime just like the caller said before we went downstairs to get a drink whatnot lines are crazy i noticed that there were some concessions that weren't open either uh the the non-pirates if you will of course they're back across the street at the elementary school, drinking the beverages, yada, yada, yada. So the good news is we got out of there. I'm finally back in, in Buckrow now. I tell you, it's hard tailgate when you're a 61-year-old man. That's, 
That's like wrestling practice back in the day. That's, that's tough on you. Yeah, I hadn't uh, reached that that point yet, but yeah, it's getting tougher on me each year. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, you know, hey, um, yeah, we played the top four, five, or six team, whatever they are, whatever poll. You can't say enough about the defense. My gracious, that first goal line stand that they did, that was just awesome. And even though, even though Cincinnati ended up with 35 points, and I can only speak for the first half, I mean, that defense did, they did one heck of a job. I mean, that was, that was, you know, that was a top 25 defense you saw out there. But, you know, I gotta, I gotta say it because the caller, you know, just in front of me said something. You know, I don't really want to call any names out, but you know, when you throw a football sidearm, you saw how many times he got that ball blocked today, right? Yeah, a couple times. You know, I mean, I mean, a midget could block a ball like that. You know, that's that's you know, I don't know. Listen, it, there's only so many D1 quarterbacks out there, and whatever. But you know, and I'm I'm not, I don't keep up with the politics in Greenville. But I'll just say this: If you got somebody there that's got a bunch of money and is putting, you know, a family member ahead of the school, Johnny, they need to take their money out. To- Johnny, that's a joke, hey, Johnny. Johnny, I, I, yeah, that's I was, joke. I was joking about here. Morgan Ailes. It has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, that's he, a joke. Okay, my bad. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. I was just kidding about that. More, I was just saying, you know, that's that's what the perception of some people is: is that Morgan Ailers has a lot more power over there than he uh, than he really does. That's that was good. I was completely kidding. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'm on the wrong, wrong road then. But still, I mean, you know, yeah. The, you know, the guy's a the guy's a good quarterback. He's been great for the team. But apparently, we got some we got some other you know Mustangs in the stable there, and think we should bring them out. Well, we'll see. Maybe they do that in the uh, the bowl game. We'll see some some different guys get action. I don't know. All right. And uh, by and by the way. Hung out with all the Virginia Pirates today. We had a great tailgate. I'm not going to call out any names like I did last week, but hope they're driving home safe tonight and go Pirates. All right, Johnny. Thank you, man. There's Johnny and Buckra. I got Johnny says I'm not going to call out any names, but we know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> I ain't going to say no names. Uh, I'm not going to say this next caller's name, but he's not a quarterback guy. He doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. Uh, but he is uh he's a decent fella. Steven Ste- Igloo. Steven Igloo's calling in. What's up, Igo? What's up guys? Last home game of the year. Figured I'd call in and see what was up and uh nah, di- you know, disappointing then, but I still think uh, obviously a great step forward of the season for ECU and I think anybody that was at the game, you know, you knew going in it was gonna take a near perfect effort and ECU just at the end of the day it made too many critical errors at key moments and you just can't expect to beat a top five national championship contending team when you make those errors yeah i go i guess i'll rehash some of the questions from today we've had some about tempo and pace and and it it reminded me when ecu's been down like in the app state game mike houston and and the offense just kind of had the same flow and it's almost like they're playing not to get blown out kind of they didn't East Carolina has been the aggressor in some games this year, and it's worked out for them. It felt like today they were kind of passive and let Cincinnati be the aggressor. I don't know. Did you sense that at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, late in the game, I do think they they could have used a little bit more uh, urgency 
Um, but I think at the end of the day, Cincinnati was just so much better. I mean, watching it from the press box, we're so high up. You just really get a feel for the field and, and how much guys are covered up. And there was just nobody open. I mean, the outside receivers for ECU today had, what, two combined catches maybe um, before Hatfield entered the game. Then I thought his speed kind of made a difference. But Omatosho and Johnson, when he was in there, they just weren't getting open. And we talked about those corners and then you throw in the pass rush. We said going to the game, ECU had to run the football to have a chance, and they did not run the football close to good enough. And the fact of the matter is Cincinnati has a top-two pass defense in the country right up there with Georgia. Uh, we knew they had to run the ball, and they just couldn't do it. And you know, Mike Houston said after the game they expected to run the ball better than they did. Luke Fickle said after the game on Cincinnati's side that really the game was going to come down to could they stop the run because when ECU gets both going – it makes it very difficult the defense. And he said they challenged their nose guards all week in practice. He thought from the uh, the field level view that they just dominated the line of scrimmage. And you know the O line has struggled this year against good pass rush. Uh, Twenty one Sanders off the edge. He's an NFL guy. I mean he was basically jumping the snap count even when they tried to to differentiate it. And, and they just you know they just could not execute on offense due to those issues. You know the personnel was just too good, and people can can complain about the play calling and all that. But at the end of the day, too many errors, too many penalties in crucial spots. Uh, and if you get in the third and medium, even third and you know third and five or plus against this defense, it just got really tough. So you know the urgency, I guess, could have been better. But I thought at the end of the day, Cincinnati was just better across the board when their defense was on the field, and that's really what it came down to. Yeah, I go. I agree with you. The penalty situation too, because if you look at the total number of penalties and the total number of yardages, is it's not really that glaring. But it did seem like they got penalties in the worst possible situations. The biggest one to me was when it was first and goal uh, from the five yard line. They take a penalty that backs them up. They end up trying to kick the field goal that gets blocked. I mean, it just was a disaster from then on, and it just seemed like the penalties were in terrible terrible timing in those situations and another thing that you had mentioned with the receivers on the outside not being able to get open I thought they went away from Ryan Jones a little bit after that first uh uh, that first drive, he had three catches on that one drive that led to the field goal, and then after that, he didn't get a whole lot of targets. He ended up, I think, with five catches for seventy yards. It seemed like I would have went back to him a little bit more as well. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and you know, we knew going to the game, you were going to have to get speed and those tight ends involved just because their corners are so good. I, when I watched it, uh, I think at one point Cincinnati took their nickel back to his cover and Snead and actually put him on Jones, and you know. He's a really good player, too. Uh, not quite as good as the outside corners, but I think they made an adjustment and said, hey, we're going to try and take away Jones and make Snead beat us. And then Snead started making some plays, and that may have had something to do with it. But, you know, I thought, yeah, those penalties, you had the one, I think it was after the pick to start the second half, uh, you were in their territory. Then you had a holding penalty on Fry that backed you up, and you had to punt the football, and then, of course, the first and goal from the five. And, and you know, if they're – you know, you run the ball laterally there with Snead trying to get creative and it ends up biting you because I think Jones had the hold trying to grab one of their defensive ends. And then, you know, you go backwards after that. So just too many, like you said, not a ton of penalties, but when they did make them, they, they were in Cincinnati territory and it kind of really uh, kind of killed their drives when they had a chance. I mean, if you score there, it's just a completely different game. And instead, you go backwards and we all know what happened after that. Steve and Igo joining us. Everybody can do their reading at hoistthecolors.net. Igo, uh, thanks for calling us tonight, man. 
Yeah, I figured I'd make you guys stay a little bit later. Yeah, I'm ready to go. So, all right, I hey, go. We're hanging out. Uh, speaking of ready to go, I go. Where are you ready to go bowling? If you if you had a pick, I would prefer somewhere uh, south in Myrtle Beach or Florida. But from what I'm hearing, we're going to be heading uh, north up by 95. So again, nothing official yet, but uh, just all signs I've heard point to the military bowl. So uh, hopefully, there's a change of plans that we head south. But uh, that's what I'm personally hoping for, at least. All right. So, hey, uh, since Slater stop can, asking him questions. Since Slater can talk, <laughs> what was his thoughts on the game? <laughs> hey, can yeah, can you get Slater to call in? Uh, my wife sent me a uh, picture of him sleeping at halftime, so I'm guessing the second quarter put him to sleep. Yeah. Well, uh, and he's going to wake up and say, what was the score, Dad? <laughs> hey, Dad. Yeah, I'll let him know. Dad, what time the Broncos play Sunday? <laughs> hey, Dad, you want to watch this Duke, uh, Duke game? Slater's <laughs> voice got deep really quick. Yeah, it did. He's advanced. All right, Steven, thanks, man. We'll uh, talk to you Tuesday. All right, see you guys. See you well. There's Steven Igo, voice of colors. All right, last call for your calls. Get them in now while you can. We got our Brown and Wood drive of the game. We got more of your calls, and we'll wrap it up when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, with about 11 minutes, uh, just under 11 minutes to go in the game, Rose is uh, trying to hold off Scotland. Uh, the Rampants lead the game 35-28 to as Scotland has uh, just scored a touchdown. So we'll keep an eye on that game. Other scores, North Carolina has now taken a 24-21 lead over NC State with just under 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Washington State leads Washington 13-7 at halftime. Taking a look at college basketball, number nine Memphis trails Iowa State 10-7. It is uh, Boise State trailing Cal State Bakersfield 22-19 Tulsa has a comfortable lead over Little Rock, 77-61. Georgetown trails St. Joe's at halftime, 35-26. A correction, 36-26. And Towson has a 42-29 lead over New Mexico at halftime. That is a look at your Buck scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Music Hall, your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night. And during football season, they have food trucks during the day. You can follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule, and we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Chandler Honeycutt here. Those scores presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Da Buck, Da Buck, Da Buck, Da Buck. All right, um, Stephen Igo joined us a moment ago, says that signs are pointing to East Carolina playing in the military bowl. No official word on that as of yet, but Billy, we were looking just in case to look ahead. That is a Monday, December 27th game, uh, 2.30 kickoff in Annapolis. Annapolis, Maryland. All right, let's get to our Brown and Wood drive of the game, brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for over 80 years. Brown and Wood has four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal. That's that you leave a happy customer every time. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville, online, brownandwoodauto.com. We've uh, we didn't have much to choose from today. No, there were only two uh, scoring drives that were 
well, not only two scoring drives, but two that came to mind. The first one, obviously, the scoring drive was an impressive drive, but it only ended up in three points. So I think it, for a Brown and Wood drive of the game, it has to be a touchdown. Yeah. So the only touchdown drive for East Carolina was late in the game. Of course, that was when Holt Naylor's topped off the uh, quick drive. I think it was only a was it minute thirty nine seconds. They went. Uh, what uh, do, 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 do 75 yards and five plays a minute and 39 seconds pretty quick Josiah Hatfield uh, had a 12 yard touchdown catch Tyler Sneed had a couple of big catches in that drive too yeah and unfortunately that one came after a good drive that had them first and goal right and we've talked about that one uh penalty loss uh, blocked kick block kick yeah and then uh they're able to come back and score right after that and you're just saying why couldn't you do that? Right, right, ago? right. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's just it, it just seemed like to me the the first thing that came to my head with this game and going on the the post game show missed opportunities between that and mistakes at crucial times of the game. And I had the same feeling when we lost to Appalachian State. I mean, the better team won today. Yeah, I agree too. And I think if you play this game ten times, you know, Cincinnati's going to win nine of those games. We get one or two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. Some of the callers had said that, you know, you look down on the field and you saw the difference in the size and the speed. Those guys, you know, you got a lot of NFL guys on that Cincinnati team. You got guys uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not 11 and 0 now 12 and 0 for no reason and number four in the country jeff charles said desmond ritter's record it sounded almost like it was too many games to me but it was something was it 40 something and four it was something in four yeah. 38 and four 42 and four yeah. as a starter that's yeah. insane uh, yeah and you know he got on that roll in the second quarter too where he just he was making so on that touchdown pass the great touch pass uh to the receiver i, I think it was uh it was a receiver linebacker kind of thing i think it was um uh, Ramsor, I think, was out in coverage, and then the, the receiver beat a linebacker, and he just put great touch on the ball for the touchdown. And Ritter got into a, a groove there for a while in the second quarter. He did have some bad passes too. There was a couple of overthrown yeah, passes like the old later in the game. Yeah, so he kind of had a roller coaster kind of ride. Uh, he didn't have a, a spectacular game, but he played really well in that stretch in the second uh, second quarter. And he kept throwing because it was working for the most part. But also, East Carolina did a good job, I think, against the run today. They did. The, def- the defensive front uh, played well, but his receivers and some of his receivers got wide open. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, terribly wide open where no one was around. And that was a little discouraging. All right. Uh, as we wrap it up here for the regular season, I'll, I'll close out, like I said earlier in the show, uh, ECU exceeded my expectations from a win perspective this year. Uh, gave us a lot to be happy about on these fifth quarters. Uh, so, I'm uh, I'm ecstatic with the way this year went after the previous six seven years of Pirate football. So I'm glad that we are a winner again. The Pirates will end the season with a winning record, and uh, looking forward to to doing a bowl game. Uh, I forgot what that's like. We'll do that coming up in December. And uh, Weave, this is your first year on the fifth quarter. We had some some downtimes, but uh, for the most part, it was a lot of fun and a lot of happy Pirate fans after well, the I games. tell you what, this is easy to say, but I'm very thankful the day after Thanksgiving for this Pirate football team because uh, they very well could have early in the season kind of packed this thing in, and they didn't. They got that big win against Marshall. We talked about that. That kind of uh, you know gave them a little bit of confidence. I think that point... Had coming back from 17 points down on the road to beat Marshall when you could have gone 0-3 made the difference in this season. 
I, th- I think that was kind of the difference where they said, okay, we're not going to throw in the towel. We can win. We can do this thing on the road. We can we can get some victories here. And from then on, there was hope. And, uh, you know, the Pirates continued to get better and better and going on that four-game winning streak. I'm happy with the way the uh, the regular season turned out. And, and like you, I'm excited for a bowl game. Thank you all so much for uh, being a part of the show, whether it's calling, uh, chiming in on our live feeds live streams or uh just listening at home we appreciate it and uh we do it for the fans this fan this show is for the fans and uh you guys make it roll so surely great job all season long chan man enjoyed having you here as well and guess what we're not done yet we're not done yet baby we'll get the band back together one more time in december for some postseason east carolina football will it be pre christmas or post christmas i mean if you're going by where the tea leaves are trending, I guess post Christmas, but because I think the Myrtle Beach Bowl was before Christmas, well, is that correct? Definitely pre New Year's, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, could we be in a New Year's Six bowl game? Uh, ooh, <laughs> we were, we were talking you, about that Birmingham Bowl earlier. That was on, that was in January. Oh yeah, and by oh. the way, yeah, we were mistaken when we said it's in uh, at Legion Field. It's that UAB's new stadium now, so not at uh, Legion Field. Still Birmingham. I didn't know they had a stadium. Well, I gotta go, so we can Google this later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Rose just scored again, by the way. Touchdown. Hey, what's the Touchdown. score? What's the score? 42 28. Nine minutes left to go in the game. Go D- Rampants. Dubuck. Uh, thanks to Tiebreakers for the awesome post game food. And uh, thank you all once again for tuning in. We'll be back with you Monday, 3 o'clock, for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll see you next time on the Bud Light Pregame Tailgate and the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Calling Show. Ew. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.